Hello and welcome to another episode of Story Scream Presents. It's not a hot takes, it's not an overdrinkers, it's not a cathode break cast, it's not a freaking out with Flanagan, it's none of that bullshit. <laughs> this is a main feed, untitled episode. Uh, we do this every year. I'm Mike Burge. I'll be guiding and uh, trying to keep us on time, which never works. Nope. Uh, these are usually very long episodes. We're talking the best of 2022. Story Screen's uh, favorite movies of um, of the year. Our lists are compiled. We are putting the finishing touches on them. Uh, they're going to start getting released very soon. And uh, yeah, so now we get together and we kind of just talk about some of them. We've each picked two off of our list and we're going to kind of go around the table talk about one spend some time on it in between talking about those two we're also picked another two that we really want to kind of highlight real quick and that's it those are the rules that's what we're going to do those are the rules the rules like those rules <laughs> uh, introduce everybody else that's here I've got uh, Diana DeMiro heyo Bernadette Gorman White hello and um what's this you, uh, oh, oh, oh he took his glasses off it's Robert oh, Anderson hello. oh Oh, hi. Thank you for having me. Glasses uh, back on. Glasses back on. 2022. Good year. Good year. Uh, good year. We're recording this on January 19th, 2023. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when this is going up. Is this this week's? This is this week's, right? Yeah, uh, we'll figure that out. Probably makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think it should be. Uh, but yeah, these things usually go long. Uh, so I think it's best to just dive right in unless anybody has anything else that they want to talk about up front. You look at me like, I, I got nothing I need to say right now. Okay. <laughs> up yeah. front. Up front. I'm having a good day. I took a lot of naps. I ate some pizza. I took a nap. I uh, also, you know, I'm old. You Why do the these first... episodes go long? Like, that's, Ooh, no, no, no. I, I wonder. I, it's because of mystery. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't done an in-person podcast in a long time. Yeah, this is great. So it's, it's just like, it's like confusing to me. A little bit. Sensory mm-hmm. overload. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to talk over. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Even though in the in the uh, Zoom format, I do feel like uh, we talk over each other a little bit easier because of the delay. I've never let sure. it bother me. So just you know, yeah. there you yeah, go. And I, I, and I let it fester and I repress it down. Ah. I deep down with my urges. The only but thing about it, late at night. No nap for me, sadly. Oh, but no, I also would hung love out the movie theater to nap. Yeah, so. bed, right? yeah, I, I said I, maybe I would do the podcast from the bed. D, you have the easiest like access this. to the bed. <laughs> I do. So if I if you hear rustling and crawling away sounds, that's what happened. We, we <laughs> cover myself and, with and this beautiful D is quilt. Laying down on the bed. <laughs> She's pulling the blanket over herself. She is snuggling on a pillow. <laughs> she is wee snotting. Honk shooing. She's wee 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 Ah, oh, fantastic audio. All right, cool. We're going to, let's jump into it. Uh, D, you got the first movie that we're talking about. All right, first movie up, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, directed by Daniels, Daniel Kwan, Daniel Scheinert. Uh, I loved Swiss Army Man. That was probably one of my favorite movies, definitely that year. But I went to see this in the theater with Bebe and hey. the lovely Claire. Hello, Claire. Hi, Claire. And... It was quite emotional. I think I didn't expect it to be so emotional. But I guess I should have because I also cried during Swiss Army Men. So I love Michelle Yeoh, but I think 
Stephanie Hsu kind of kills it. She's yeah. awesome. Um, I think she's not getting as much love by the yeah by all the whoever's the award shows and she she kills it and so does key but he's getting the love and he deserves it so short round data your favorite character from encino man that you don't remember the name of but it's beautiful (laughs) and yeah he was awesome so i love all the practical effects um I love the verse jumping. I'm really floored that they haven't gotten nominated for more special effects because I did watch some cool videos about all of the recordings of footage that they have, like playing around Evelyn when she's like getting pushed and pulled through all the multiverse. It's so cool. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's great. And I also watched a really funny video where they show Michelle Yeoh the turn down for what music video and it's really funny to watch her watch that video (laughs) for the first time so yeah you guys pretty much everyone put this on their list as well yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. i think it's all in our at least in our top five yeah i think so yeah i mean this was one for me that i was like is that number one like i feel like my it's number two on my list my four or five I think are very much like at one point or another, I was like, is that going to be my number one? Yeah. Whenever I'm like, it's in my top five, that top five kind of shifts around in my brain for a few days in a row. Usually I know what the number one is, but then the two to four, I'm sort of like, ah. Mm -hmm. I feel like everything, every all at once, I I mentioned in in my write-up, but it's like, was such like a a moment in movies this year. Totally. You only get like kind of like a few of those a year, right? Where it's like, and what I mean by like a moment in movies is where it's like it's the thing everyone's talking about. Everyone goes to the theater to see it, and it's not like a Marvel movie or a big blockbuster. Like you know, everything ever all at once is a weird art movie that is marketed by the normcore art house. Totally, <laughs> but, totally. Uh, you know, that's like what they do. A twenty four markets art house movies to normies, and uh, we eat that up, and I love it. And we love them for it. We love them for it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was really just like a moment. I I was nervous going into seeing it. Just because, like, I feel like I saw it late. I think we saw it, like, maybe the week after. We did, and we heard a lot of hype. The and hype I, was going. You yeah. and I did the hot take, and we were both sort of like, I wish we hadn't heard so much hype. Yeah. Because, like, when I went and saw Swiss Army Man, I knew nothing. Same. So that blew me away. And then I had that expectation going into it, coupled with all of the buzz on the internet. But even with that, great, I mean... But still a great movie. Movie, yeah. Cannot deny the, the craft of it. Um, and the Daniels are just at the peak of it. They are. So good. <laughs> I'm so excited for what they will do next. Now that they have the recognition and they will get the funding. It's pretty yeah. baller. <laughs> yeah, did you guys watch the movies Shaolin Soccer and Kung Fu Hustle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. That really scratched that itch. Totally. Oh, I haven't watched those in a couple yeah, of years. Like, I'd like to watch that again. Full so of emotion, good. having fun, but also... That secret weapon, it's sincere. Like they're yes. like they're being super goofy and almost feels like they're making fun of what they're doing, the audience, the very idea of movies, like they're mocking it openly, but because they're just like, oh, they love it so much. Like it's so much fun to just like not take it not take yourself too seriously, but be sincere about what you're trying to do. I feel like the scenes that were the most out there, like plot point or like the costumes that um, Stephanie Hsu was wearing at the time when certain things happened those were like actually the most sincere scenes like when she's like dressed up like Elvis with the pig she's having like these conversations that are really deep about being depressed and like being yourself and then 
like the whole Jamie Lee Curtis hot dog fingers. That subplot is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I forgot it's all like, about that. Holy too. Like, I really, shit. Because we dressed up as that for Halloween. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good time. Uh, and for, for Burning Heath's wedding. Yeah, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was like, Two, two people. The two people that I dressed up as as Halloween both won Golden Globes. True. Because I dressed up mm. um, what's his face uh, from the Bear. Okay. Yeah. And he won a Golden Globe, and then Michelle Yao. I was Michelle Yao's character. Yep. She won a Golden Globe. So there it means, you, go. you know, you, hey. have, you have the sauce. So now, hey, I gotta pick what I want to be for <laughs> Halloween next year. I'm gonna be uh, Black Adam. <laughs> Too late, too late. There's nothing problematic about it. No, not at all. It's a movie that made uh, all the money. It made all the money. money. It made too much money. It's too powerful. That's why they can't make another one. No, because no one one has any money left to buy the tickets. It wouldn't make any sense. I saw such a fucking hole seeing Black Adam so many times at the movie theater. You messed up. Fuck. Because you didn't know how much longer you were going to be able to see it. That's true. I owed the sharks a lot. The Horizon, like the entire, like... DC universe was changing. The right higher power has changed. <laughs> so, getting back to everything, everywhere, all yeah, at once. If you'd like, yeah. What was your favorite like weird verse that they went into? Mm, that's a good question. Oh, yeah. Ratatouille. The raccoon. The raccoon. <laughs> oh man, I love that guy, Harry Shum Jr. Back from like when I actually watched Glee, mm-hmm. and because he's such a good dancer, and I should have expected that he'd be like a good, you know, like- stunt. I feel fighter like that type one person is the one that like kind of sticks with me the longest because like, it's actually Randy Newman singing. Well, yeah, that, so yeah, all like the the meta contextual jokes are really so funny. good. Um, but also, I think the my sincere answer though is is the the rock. Yeah. So, oh, it's like so good. You know. Yeah. The the goaded. You know, oh, it's so good. That's a great one. I really wish some of them we would have gotten longer in because the the sign spinner. I'm like, I want to know about that sign mm-hmm. spinner. Yes, but you really don't know anything about her. Yeah, yeah. Has anybody else here watched documentary now? Yes, I've seen some of it. Have you seen the episode with the sign spinner that's making fun mm-hmm. of the thin blue line where it's like the sign spinner like gets shot and they're like <laughs> and Bill Hader is just like, hey, it was from the sign. I just like popped them oh man you know, it's just like, it's there's so, so many episodes of that that i haven't oh, seen yet i, I need to watch every yeah. time i see a sign spinner um <laughs> juan likes rice and chicken i mean yeah the so rocks good. are good i like the pinata the pinata one is good yeah. uh ratatouille is like fantastic because Hot that fingers. joke is just perfect because it just you know it starts off as just like a weird thing like oh she's confused she doesn't yeah. know what ratatouille is Raccoon-coon. and then it's like no it's like melding and then it's like all of a sudden it starts happening but you've been in that world for a bit and it's just like the joke just keeps landing but then it becomes this like beautiful emotional thing. beautiful yeah. thing at the end which is the same with like yes. the donut right and all that stuff the and bagel like, all these big fight scenes and everything kind of just ends you know the way that it does i guess we don't want to be as too like Specific, I don't know about yeah. like you know. This is a pretty big one. Yeah, yeah. I can get away with it. saying like it ends in a scene that is much more. It's two people talking as opposed to like these gigantic spectacle fights, right? And stuff like right, this. right, right. And, mm-hmm. You know, the I conversation liked, doesn't maybe go yeah. the way that you think it. Would. I loved the in the mood for love. Yeah, yeah, like movie premiere, very beautiful, mm-hmm. I feel like the, somber. Uh, interesting kind of aspect of this movie is that like. You don't have a lot of people talking about like how good the action is, and the action is that good. Oh, it's so good! Like it's it's quality, but I do feel like generally audiences like they talk about the the really heartfelt stuff that resonates with them. Yeah, you know, and uh, I feel like you and Claire, as as ladies, were crying during that movie a lot just because like well, just because <laughs> it's hard with like the mother daughter yeah. relationship in the yeah. movie. It's like, 
so strong and i was like, like it's like multiverse ladybird i don't know that like, whole like <laughs> joy ladybird. you're getting fat you know yeah. like that whole like sh- she says something because she cares but she's not saying something nice yeah. <laughs> you know like i feel like a it's lot like of, a, it's a like lot of kids can identify I, well, with i also that. feel like it reminds me it's like when i when i did watch ladybird like it reminded me of kind of like my mom and my sister my sister was growing up and yeah. like just kind of like being on the outside and seeing what that relationship was like and how their dynamic was very different from like me and my mom. I still think about that know? part where she just like opens the door and jumps out of the car all the time. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so good. No, the uh, and I love. Now we're talking about Ladybird a lot. Yeah, like when, so good. When she finds the one dress, it's like, oh my god, I love it. Don't you just love it? Like they, yeah. they come, like they, they, they really connect. Even though they're yeah. in like a verbal kind of like, a fight, fight kind of. As yeah. soon as they see that thing at the thrift store, they're just like, oh my god, look at this. Like it's, <laughs> it's nice. No, I feel yeah. it feels like relatable, even for me who does not relate to that. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, definitely you definitely relate like, to it though. Yeah, it's different. It's like you have a mother daughter relationship with your mom. <laughs> I guess I didn't though. I, I, I feel like also too like the things that I identified more with, more so even than like the mother daughter was just the like joy being depressed. Yeah, because I am depressed and I have been way worse in years prior. But definitely like some of the things that she describes or like knowing things and then like saying nothing matters and then like you're saying that in a good way like you could do whatever you want because nothing matters but then you're also like nothing fucking matters so then it's sort of like just when she's in her most normal like hoodie sweatshirt at the laundromat looking bummed out i'm just like oh yeah Yeah. it's like the uh (laughs) i know that face it's like the incredibles uh theme but it's like if everyone is special then nothing is special right. if everything matters then nothing matters but also like the inverse of that which i think the movie is is like if nothing matters then everything matters and sure. it keeps going and you know yeah. it's just like you just keep the movie wants you to be like nah everything's cool but it sucks but waymond he's it's allowed like, to suck be kind suck. yeah it's so good he's so good he's just happy yeah, yeah. oh man that's what he has he's so good yeah fanny pack so good fanny pack dad <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, yeah, that's going to be, again, we're going to talk about this movie more once we start getting into, like, the Oscars, like, because the nominations are going to come out in a couple days. I think it's going to be movie of the year. I, I mean, would love it if it, it was. I think it's going to be Best Picture. It'll probably... Be great. I, I would love it if win. that happened. We'll talk about that. I don't yeah, know. I know. That. That's a conversation for yeah. another podcast, but... I don't but, know that it will. I would love it if that happened. I think it'll Still, lead nominations. I think it'll like, have the most, like, because it's the one that's kind of, like, spread all over, and it kind of yeah. just depends on... Who nominates it? For I think what? I think Fablemans will be up there. I think this is before we know what the noms are. Right. Um, but like you know, I think Banshees. I think the whale Banshees. Um, I don't think the whale has a lot of. I don't, I don't know if so. it'll get nominated for makeup. best picture. It fell from grace really quickly. Makeup. Like yeah. Uh, Brendan yeah. Fraser will get one. I but feel it's like, like Brendan Fraser. But I feel like I feel like the people but... like the Academy people who are putting in like the votes like I think it would resonate with them, which yeah. is usually people I don't agree with. But... True. I think Babylon will be on there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a. That did you is, catch that? I did. Yeah. Dirty. Yes. Oh, you Devices. did because it's on your list. Film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like great movie. I was excited that it was on your list. Oh man. I have I have yet to see it. Yeah. Babylon is good. It is that, a trip. That mm-hmm. also made Mike cry a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That He's an emotional good. little guy. I like yeah. to open cry. myself but up to the movies. We, so we went to see that Sam Mendes movie, Empire Light, and I felt yes, like... all that too. Yeah, you saw that too. Honk shoe. But beautiful. <laughs> I'm still like, it's still fucking, it's still fucking Roger Deakins. It's, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. No, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's no. like, just like Babylon was also, divisive. Yeah, no, not honk shoe, but not, I felt like it didn't accomplish at the end of that movie 
what it was trying to, where mm. it was like trying to like be like the love of of going to the cinema. And I felt like the end of Babylon actually did. Sure, mm-hmm. but sure. Eh, I feel like Babylon just things. yeah. Babylon, uh, uh, you know, like threads the needle sure, sure, a sure. little bit better than Empire of Light, even though like they're both kind of long. Babylon, I feel like needs to be that kind of yes. grossly long. Agreed. Whereas Empire of Light, like again, like I said, the Hong Shu thing, because I was just like, I was feeling that movie, like at certain points, and I don't know why, and I just couldn't. I'm like, I should be loving everything that's going on right now, but for some reason, we're about to talk about a lot of long movies, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes you don't notice, and sometimes, you do, you do. All right, so let's move it on. Let's move it on. Burn, you're next. All right, all right. So the first film I want to talk about, um, well, probably get into the weeds listeners I would assume talking about this movie because it's hard to like skirt around what's going on in this film yeah sure Um, so the one I wanted to talk about number three on my list very cool saw it only a few weeks ago Um, it's We're All Going to the World's Fair which is a debut which was directed written and edited by Jane Schoenbrunn and it really only stars a couple people it has Anna Cobb as the lead and Michael J. Rogers as kind of like a co-lead. He kind of comes into the film about halfway through-ish. Um, but We're All Going to the World's Fair is billed like a horror, but it's not really a horror film. Um, it's The premise is this young girl who's alone decides to take the World's Fair challenge, entering this MMORPG online that's more of a thought experiment than any actual physical real game, and you film yourself taking the challenge, and then you're supposed to report any symptoms that happen to you. Um, And you can just say whatever you want, and then depending on how other people react to those symptoms, it kind of becomes part of the game, kind of becomes maybe not part of the game. And then halfway through, Casey, our protagonist, starts talking to this gentleman who is concerned for her and wants to help her out and make sure she's not going to do anything crazy. But I loved this movie because it's really low budget, but really accessible, yeah. I feel. I feel like even though it's kind of grainy, you see a lot of like quote unquote found footage of Casey's video diary entries. Um, I feel like it's still very accessible. And I grew up during the era of like creepypasta becoming really big online. Cool. And so I love that world. I've met a lot of people online. I've talked to a lot of people online that are strangers to me. Yeah. Um, some became friends. Some didn't become friends. Um, I just think it's like a nefarious place in the internet that's also very fascinating to me. And I think the movie captured that essence perfectly. And I think it's well acted and well paced and slightly disturbing, but totally very relatable. But yeah. And it seems like you guys all liked it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. did like it. It's weird, but I liked it. It's weird. Yeah, it's on my <laughs> list. I can't remember. I don't think I cracked my 10, but my 10, my top 10 were like so... Tough. What do I do here? Right. Yeah. That kind of thing. And even yeah. like, I, we always make the joke. It's like, I give my... I get to pick more. Anybody can pick as many as they want, but I'm always like at least 20. But I looked Makes back it a and I, easier. I thought I had only done 20 last year, but I did 20 the year prior too. Yeah, and then your list month. is usually pretty long. Yeah. So I, I was like, this year I'm only doing 10. And then I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I have to cut a lot of them that I yeah, really like. Darlings, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, kill your darlings. I think. I think. Yeah, I'm more like worry, darling. Yeah. Am I right? Oh. 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 Men suck. Am I right? So we didn't oh. get on anyone with no. no, no, man. Um, I am worried, darling. What was I going to say? I think this was filmed around here. 
Oh, was it really? Oh. Because I recognize, like, when she's, like, walking along the highway and it's just, like, whatever footage, I was like, that could totally be 84. And then towards the end yeah. of the movie, when there's that ball drop and there, she's outside, it said 9W. Oh, weird. So I think that was in Kingston. Could be. They do film a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, this was probably filmed around here, or at least part of it have to rewatch it. Yeah. No. It's pretty interesting. I feel like this movie has really just, like, delicious well executed just like tension yeah because you're just so concerned the whole time i also think it's like in an era in the you know during the pandemic and post-pandemic we've seen kind of the rise of the like it's like not fa- the laptop footage movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah, and what I, was the name of that zoom horror movie that came out that they shot what was it called? searching or not searching oh yeah. searching was good not searching the no. other one you you watched i didn't yeah, watch I can't remember what it was called i don't remember ah, shit but, but, I, yeah, but I feel like this movie is even more like um, it's it's just it's doing that that kind of genre that we're seeing more now like the mockumentary or the found footage was the thing for a while but this movie's doing something else and it, it's just doing it so well with so much less right you know and uh, yeah but I, I like what you're saying about like I didn't really I wasn't super into like creepypasta but I like went to a liberal art school so I know a lot of people who were and it is just like crazy <laughs> that there's so much of a uh, there is just like a weird community around it yeah and it's just like so you guys just like share stories and like yeah but it's like the weird internet campfire story it's mm-hmm. like what the creepypasta is and this totally. movie like taps into it in a, in a way that like is super unique but also like i feel like super genuine to that experience yeah especially because she's so alone yeah so yeah, yeah. what is her world mm-hmm. right yeah like her you know the second she hears her dad pulling up she like immediately goes to her room yeah mm-hmm. she doesn't want to have any interaction with him and also, like, I don't know, like, I feel like by the end of the movie, you kind of know what reality is. Sure. But you really... For a little while. You, you really... I mean, I was, I was like, yeah. she's fucked. Like, I was crazy. like, she's like, gonna, yeah. she's gonna <laughs> fucking shoot her dad. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, well, I, For a while, I thought that she already had, because the dad, like, right. disappears. That's true. Yeah, and she's being super loud and stuff, and they make a point twice to be like, he no like it when she loud. Right. Like, and then all of a sudden he just like animal. disappears. I'm like, she lost so her shit. The uh, <laughs> the shot of like um, the smile when she's sleeping mm-hmm. and then she like Very just like creepy. that gave me some twin peaks vibes. She, like, she either the types, part. yeah. She either types something or says something like, "I know what you're trying to do and it's not going to work," like that kind of thing. Jeez. And in the grand scheme of things, while you're watching it, that's fucking scary. But now, in the grand scheme of things, at the end of it all, knowing what's actually going on, it's kind of even creepier. Sure. Where it's like what she's doing and stuff, and like why she's acting the way it's that very she is. Performative. Even it's performative, but it's also it's a different type of not being in control. Sure. It's positioned as a p- possession kind of thing when that's kind of like the theme that I guess they're getting at is that she's like acting that, out. that type yeah. of depression can be a possession kind of feeling that you're not mm-hmm. in control. Yeah. Yeah. That's a read for sure. Well, especially if you're trying to get more and more clicks and likes yeah. and people following your channel. And so who knows if the behavior she's exhibiting is real or right. just to get the clicks. And, I am yeah. plastic now. Like, all, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that character is just like, you're going to be a great, like, writer or something one day. Because yeah. if anything, it shows how, like, creative she is, too. Right. Know? And she's kind of like a trendsetter in this world so much so that she's fooling, like, even herself. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know? I also liked that you didn't immediately know, like, the JLB character is, like, you you knew before actually seeing him that he was probably older because he's not showing his his screen. 
but he was giving me like Jackie Earl Haley vibes, like oof, mm-hmm. like yeah, in a not children. good way. Where I was sort of like, oh, he could be a child molester or whatever, but maybe not. You know, mm-hmm. you're sort of like, there's something off with him if he's still like talking to all these people on the internet and not being honest about who he is, <laughs> you know? right? But, yeah, and he's got that weird like cringe meme drawing. Mm-hmm. Yes, where yes. Just, like, and the shots of just, you just like have to stare at that, looking at that icon while he's talking, like, and just like super unsettling. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of like the Babadook. Yeah, I just think it's a, a well-made film that was kind of different from what we had seen. Yeah. Totally. And yeah, I'll probably watch this again. Yeah. Very soon. Weird. I feel like I can watch it again and have a better time because I won't be as scared. Right. Yes. Right. It was you know, stressful. Cause now, yeah, because you're just like, oh, and I think that's like. It's like one of those weird movies. I'm like, does it age better or worse? Like after mm. you watch it, because some movies like you get the end of it and it recontextualizes it in a way where you're like, gotta get there again. All the scenes are kind of different. Where this mm. movie, it's like, maybe this. Like, you probably could watch it get get something out of, like out of it, but I wonder what that would be. Like, do you feel like more comfortable in the movie? Do you feel like I feel like you would feel a totally different gambit of emotions, and I, th- I think that's like pretty cool mm-hmm. movie to do. Definitely. Yeah, happy surprise. I I it was like on a a couple lists like coming out earlier in the year where it was like, Oh, I definitely want to add this on there. And then it dropped on HBO max and you're just like, Oh, it's right there. It's like a nice slick 85 minutes or whatever. So you're like, perfect, perfect late night. (laughs) I was like, not three hours. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, you could, you could could fit, you could fit three. We're all going to the world fair into this avatar movie. (laughs) Watch that three times. Exactly. Yeah. Avatar RR. Avatar RR. Yes. Mm-hmm. Avatar. Oh, good. RR. RR. Avatar. Yeah. Avatar RR. <laughs> good, good. Good. Anything else on We're All Going to the World's Fair? Cool. Well, Robbie, who is the greatest hero? Who is the greatest hero? It's Puss in Boots, everybody. Yay. Puss in Boots is the greatest hero. It's fearless, uh, too. And he's Aww, fearless. Oh, so good. I, fearless hero. Yeah, I am here to talk about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Adorable. Um, a movie that I feel like a lot of people are really digging right now, which is cool. I do think we're we're now entering into it, it has been overhyped. Mm. I think it is. Maybe I, not, I, maybe I not for know, children. Not for children. I think I, I, I think feel like adults are it. liking it more than the kids. Yeah, I don't know. But I got loud a bit. Uh, yeah, loved Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Um, I think its animation is some of the best that came out in 2022. Totally. Um, it does that kind of like Spider Verse art style where it's uh, 3D animation that has hand drawn animation over it. It just looks super cool. But I also think like the story is is really good and really heartwarming, and, and it's just about like you know living your life and how your one life is is your life and also like handles like anxiety and panic and anxiety around mortality really well which you know i feel like i i in when i think i turned 30 during the pandemic and i feel like i would have like nightly panic attacks about death so Mm. like this movie felt very i don't know it resonated with me in in a lot of different ways but uh yeah i just think it's great i you know we all i think kind of grew up with shrek i know i Shrek came out like I was pretty young, um, and I love that movie. And uh, yeah, to see Puss in Boots come out and it actually being like, like not just good for a Shrek movie. It's like no, it's like a it's good, really it's good. like a good movie. Yeah, the voice cast is awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, I just think it's uh, you know, and like it's a movie that I feel like every scene you're watching, you're like it just didn't have to go that hard. It's like, it's like the action's crazy. It's very like you know uh, tear jerking and emotional, and uh, it's just like a very like 
I, what a kid's movie I feel like it's supposed to be where it's like, it doesn't really pull punches, I feel like. But it's still like, it's appropriate for all ages. I don't know. Yeah, I really filled a, a void in my in my heart this year that I didn't know I had. I feel like it's super, like, as epic as watching, like, if you're really into musicals and you watch Into the Woods, it's like mm. all of those, like, mystical characters and stories that you're already kind of familiar with, but then it's like bringing in all these cool new aspects of their relationships, like... Fucking Florence Pugh as Goldilocks. So, so good. good. So, so good. good. All the bears are good. Oh, man. Yeah, really good. Harvey Guillen, Perito, as a therapy dog when he puts his, his head on Puss's belly. And you're so like, good. oh, so good. You don't have a tear during that scene. Oh, so good. I ice. It's so good. I, I mean, seeing him dressed up as a cat, also awesome. Yeah. I mean, the trailer hit a lot of, like, what the movie was. Yeah. The trailer, like, the first trailer that came out was, like, him... Going into kitty retirement, right? Which is a pretty small section of the movie, but it's also crazy that the movie went to like just such lengths to be like, "Oh well, we're not going to tell you what this shit's really about." And yeah. then you see, then the reviews come out. They're like, "It's like Logan." You're like, the "Fuck, did you just say?" It? Yeah. <laughs> How is it like Logan? What, what do you hell? mean? And you watch, and you're like, "It's like Logan." It's a little bit like Logan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Mike and I just watched the first Puss in Boots not that long ago, like on Christmas. On Christmas Eve, Eve, we stayed up at my parents' house, strong in the guest room. opening of a movie. We watched it on a laptop. <laughs> on a laptop, sitting on the floor. Yeah, like we were in high school. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went and saw Puss in Boots on Christmas night. Yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. The opening sequences, there are a lot to watch. I felt like it was moving so fast. Like, I was like, my yeah. eyes. We were also sitting very close. We were sitting close. <laughs> we were tired because we had just yeah. done Christmas Day and then drove like, back. These action and pretty much just went directly, you know, dropped stuff off, fed the cats, gave them little pet pets and meow meows. And be like, we're going to go see another one of our favorite cats. <laughs> we'll let you know how he's doing. <laughs> and it was great. And it was great. Oh, we had a blast. There was a bunch of kids having a really good time in the theater, too, which is always fun. That was cool. Like, for Christmas night, you're just like, oh, that's a cool crowd. Like, that's a dad yeah. brought, like, some kids out and his friends and just, like, they're just vibing out with puss. Puss. <laughs> so we were talking about this in the Shrek episode that we did, too. Where it was like, are you allowed to do the puss I think, voice? I think many would say no, but it's really fun. Though. I mean, he's a cartoon. He's a cartoon. It's it's also, but it is how it's Antonio fine. Banderas talks. Yeah. So it's more doing it him. It is, but it's also... a. He's doing a goof of his own yeah. voice. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's fine. Yeah. So, yes. No, I think he just talks like that now. Like he was. Probably. It started off with him because he's like, <laughs> it's kind of like Austin Butler pretending that he's always talked like Elvis. He's, he's just trying, like, he's it's like dude, you have now. been around for a while. <laughs> Vanessa Hudson says you did not talk like his that. His voice coach defended him, okay? Okay. Oh, wow. We'll be talking. Oh. I think I'm going to put that on the Story Screen Reports episode. Elvis. <laughs> Please do. He's trapped with this. Wow. He's trapped in the prison of this accident. Yeah, he is. <laughs> prison of oh, his own I was able to oh, take out. What are you, what are you no one about? talks like that. No. No one talks like that anymore. But Antonio Banderas, I think, does talk like Puss in Boots. But yeah, just Probably. just a really, you know... Salma Hayek's so good. Just every, everyone's good. Salma everyone's Hayek. Good. With another name at the end. Oh, that was cool. Penult or something like mm-hmm. that. Sticker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah, really, really loved it in in the animation style. Um, and also uh, has two of the best villains of the year. Mm. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I saw it today. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> this is your hot take at like one thirty? Mm. And there were some kids in there, and I'm like, oh man, these parents pulled these kids from school, and they're just hanging out. Awesome. Which I am into. Yeah, totally. 
If your kid's not going to be in school and you have nothing to do, take him to a movie. That's pretty Let cool. Let him see some Boots. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's cute. It's a real cute movie. I love the the magical land that they're in that totally. keeps changing. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. I'm glad they spent that amount of time in that area. Yeah, the I was afraid is so cool. It wasn't going to give them enough time in there, but then there was plenty of time. Yeah. And yeah, the Goldie stuff is the best. Yeah. The best. Yeah. And Olivia Coleman plays that mama bear. Oh, she does. That's right. Ray Winstone is like yes. the mama bear. Yeah, yeah. It's good. So good. The voice cast in the, in the It's movie. out of yeah. control. It's one of those things. It's one of those things where it's like, it's not like stunt casting. You just try and like load your Shrek movie up with as many like John Lithgow's in it like that, which it's fun. Yeah. It's like, that's what I was saying is like we, when we were covering the Shrek cast, that was like a lot of things that we were bringing up is like these movies are kind of losing the point of what made the first two special and they kind of grab it back in the fourth one and Puss in Boots is like a lot more fun because it feels like especially with this one no one it didn't it doesn't feel like this movie was being watched by like (laughs) producers or anything I'm like like, kind of sure I'm shocked it's allowed to exist in the way that it is it's like I feel like everyone was like yeah just make a Puss in Boots movie just like make sure it Oh, and we can show it to kids. Like, the the, the yeah. baby bear was Samson Kayo from Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I was trying mm-hmm. to remember who that was. That's awesome. And what's his face plays? Oh, Wagner Moore plays, plays the wolf. And that wolf, He's man. So every time that character good. shows up, on I screen, love that guy. It like makes you afraid. Yeah. In yes. the way that Puss's character is, so that you understand why. Yeah, when he runs away, and well, then, they just they use yeah. so many good like just like. Not horror movie tropes, but just like tension tropes of like you know yeah. he has the whistle. He'll yes. like clank his swords on something when he's coming. He's just and then, standing there looking at him. Yeah, yeah. It's like it the the scene loses all color. Yeah, it's like whoo. No, or, the yeah, the, so the art is very like serviceable to like the the plot of the movie where you know the first Puss in Boots movie I think is just trying to be uh like a western right Trick. trying to be a western. It's mm-hmm. trying to be you know. Just be a genre movie, which is like I thought it was really fun. I liked the first one a lot more than I expected. I think like you know they're they're trying to do what Shrek is doing, but like in in like the Puss in Boots way. But you know the Shrek animation for the time, you know, looking back on it, like they're they were going for like kind of like pseudo realism of like when they're doing animation then, but now they're it's a lot more like expressionistic and colorful mm. and vibrant and. You know, our, the technology has gotten to a place where they can actually make these stories feel like fairy tales and have that aesthetic. And you know, we'll uh, we'll see what the future is is going to bring us for little yeah little Shrekie. I'm excited. I loved watching all of his deaths. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Oh man, yeah. so like with him eating shrimp. So is funny. Is there shellfish in this. Is there shellfish in this yeah. man. So funny. Say <laughs> lovey. Oh C'est man. I mean, that's like the like the the opening scene. There's this amazing video on YouTube about like why like why that first scene with death is so perfect and like how it plays out, kind of just like this bam, 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 just like very surgical and gets done what it needs to get yeah. done and looks good and sounds great while it does it. And that moment with like the blood, yeah, it really oh, kind of takes yeah. you back, a back like real quick because you're just like. This is for kids. Like yeah, you you're showing bleed. blood. No. Yeah, totally. You're showing post cat bleed, and yeah. it's like it's a thing that you would think. You know, none of us have children, but like we know of children and how <laughs> I've heard of, I've heard how of they them. react. We, to we know some. We've seen them around. Yeah. <laughs> you just like you feel as though like that might be a little 
like unorthodox to do that. Sure. And but then you realize, like you know, you burn. You saw it with kids. There were kids mm-hmm. at the screening that we saw yeah. it with. Robbie saw it all on his own with no kids at all. There was ever. one kid there, and I was having a better time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but you can just see like it scares them in a way where they're just like they're not used to it, and it makes them like. Come on, puss. Like, it's something yeah. like that. Like, that's kind Makes of what rally, I feel. For sure. But, like, as an adult, you're looking at that, you're like, oh, shit, that's fucked up. Well, also, like, kind of, like, gives, <laughs> it gives everyone, no matter what the age is, like, these are the stakes of the movie. Totally. It's like, no, he could, like, he could die. This could be it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know he's not gonna. But that's, you know. I mean, he could. He could. He could. Towards the end of the movie, I was like, yo, somebody gonna get, like, offed? Well, I was thing? like, you know, I like wasn't sure too. if he was like, gonna he sacrifice could. himself. Yeah. Or, like, you know, maybe he ends up in, like, whatever this underworld version you know, I don't know. I don't know the, yeah. All the mythos of Shrek. But, like, the movie could have easily, like, <laughs> asked him, and then he's, like, in, you know, Day of the Dead Underworld or something like that. That's know? true. Which is also a movie I would a watch. A movie I would watch. Yes. Totally. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure this movie is also going to get nominated for uh, Best Animated Feature. So. Yeah, but I think it will lose to uh, a movie that it should probably lose to. Yeah. Which we will talk, we'll about, talk about soon. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, mean, I also I'm like not, I'm not so puss-pilled I can't see. I can't <laughs> see. Well, also remember, everybody forgets about Turning <laughs> Red. <laughs> and that is a big Academy movie. Turning yeah. Red, uh, Turning Red uh, is really sneaking up. People not do work. not remember how big of a deal Turning Red was. It was a big deal. I didn't see it, but I know it was It's common. Oh, it's common. Yeah. It's got well, some good shit in it. It's great. I really like that movie, but it's like... of Sin. What about the immortal wooden boy? Of sin. Of sin. Right. He cannot die. We're going to move on <laughs> over to... Yeah, what are you talking about? What? What are you going to talk about? Uh, the Fablements. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, directed by... Hold on. The story, the story dudes. Teen Heart Throb. Steven Spielberg directed The Fablemans. Oh, I've heard of him. Uh, and just, that Sweet Kush helped write it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, Tony Kushner oh, coming on in. Kush. That dank Kush. Yeah. He's pretty dank. <laughs> um, yeah, The Fablemans is uh, Steven Spielberg's long gestating. Uh, I've mentioned it a couple times in the articles that I've written in Movie Daddy where he has talked about wanting to do that story. Um, I actually talked about it a lot more in my always article, which I'm kind of like, all right, well now I have to kind of Did you mess around that? with that. It's kind of finished, but no, it's not. It's not all done right. yet. Okay. I need to get all back right. into it. But um, especially in like Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, he really talks about like his relationship with his father and being a child of divorce and stuff like that. But you went into this movie knowing like you had already read yeah, I knew the basic gist of the story. Because I did not actually know he's, any details yeah, when we went to see this. He had never really openly come out with exactly what happened fully, but you could take pieces from here, pieces from there, and kind of put it together. So I did know that it was like, you know, I remember a couple of days before it came out, me and you were talking about it, and you were kind of like guessing, like, oh, well, was it this? Did someone do this? And I'm like, no. No, no. And you were mainly all like kind of tossing it at the dad. Like, did the dad cheat? Did the dad do something? I'm like, well, actually, you're, 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 it's all you're far off. Because uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of the mom. mom who's a little bit of a it's interesting. cuckoo banana. Yeah, she gets, uh, gets a monkey, right? Mom is she gets a monkey because she needed a laugh. Because <laughs> um, she needs medication. Yeah, because okay. her heart was broken. Um, oh, don't do that. <laughs> I caught him watching Manchester by the Sea not that long ago, and I was like, oh. what the fuck are you doing that for? Oh, I was, like, oh, I was watching great my movie. No, it's I'm a great fucking movie. No one said but it's a he movie. didn't like it that much when it came out. Because I saw it and with someone I who I will awesome. not name, oh. who's part of the Story Screen family. And they were on their fucking phone the whole time. Oh, that's bad. Uh, and my sister and I were seen at Downing in Newburgh, and we were like sobbing. 
so close to the screen and those IKEA Poang chairs. And yeah. there were a lot of old people, but we were kind of like we were crying a lot, peering over. Yeah, yeah. that was the same thing with me too. Yeah. Michelle Williams' heart was broken. Exactly, but continue. Uh, Fablemans. Fablemans. Um, <laughs> I, well, I was watching Manchester by the Sea because I was trying to complete my uh, Sad Boy Depression Boston trilogy. I watched Go Bill Hunting, mm-hmm. Manchester by the Sea, mm. and then I think the other one is I think it was either going to be Gone Baby Gone. The I was town? talking about this. No, the town's not about depression. I'm just you kidding. Watch. It's I'm a just small kidding. engine repair. Small Ooh. engine repair. Small yeah. engine repair is so good. I got steaks, beer, booze. Oh, fuck, I love <laughs> John Party. I love them so much. I Lena watch. Dunham loves this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that should make you want to watch it, I guess. I guess. <laughs> 2022. Um, what yeah, Fableman's is fantastic. We're obviously going to talk a lot more about this movie as we get into award season because it is the one that took home the... The big awards at Golden Globes. It won Best Drama and Best Director. I was surprised. I was very surprised, too. I like this movie. I think it is not getting the recognition it deserves for how it's dealing with what it's dealing with on the outside. The marketing for this thing really makes it look like Steven Spielberg's making a movie about how the power of cinema and movies saved his life. Right. That is not what this fucking movie is about. This movie is about how movies destroyed his life, essentially. Yeah. Um, And it's really good. Uh, I think it's just the right length. You know, two and a half hour, pop perfect. I feel like it drags in some parts, but it kind of needs to, to kind of get that... Because it kind of drops the whole thing for about half an hour and becomes about something else towards the end. Um, about him just being a teen? About him just being a teenager and moving to, like, yes. Los Angeles and, like, all that. The movie's kind of... I haven't seen it yet, but the movie really covers his... The younger... Just his, his younger life. portion, yeah. Yes, yeah, so adolescence. Yeah. So you think uh, Fablemans mm-hmm. 2 would cover maybe... Well, it's, well it, it, it <laughs> goes fablements. from... Two Fablemans. Yeah. Two Fablemans. Two Fablemans. It goes from, like, <laughs> uh, <Fable>. teenager... <laughs> Through him finishing high school and then him moving to L.A. Well, it starts, uh, the beginning is when he's like six or seven. Sure, sure, you sure. Know, and then it kind of goes into the teenage okay. years, goes through yeah. when he's about like 18, 19 and in college. Uh, young the adulthood, house with young no adulthood. lights on it. Yeah. You know, and there's like the, the classic <laughs> story. With, that uh, like the classic story with John Ford and him talking to John Ford for like an afternoon. And, and it's David Lynch. And David Lynch plays Fuck John yes. Ford, which is amazing. I guess Steven Spielberg like got Lena Dunham. Lena, yeah. Lena Dunham. What are you doing? Is that what you wanted, Bert? Shakes, beer, booze, we are partying tonight, Lena Dunham. Go, that's what Steven Spielberg sounds like. He's like, my good friend Lena Dunham, I need you to go talk to David Lynch. Uh, Get him down here. Get him to calm down. We're Where watching girls right now. Hmm? I love girls. That first I season's really goaded. It's good. It's good. It's good. Girls. I will good. say with mm. the Fablemans... I wish it would have either leaned more in to the winks of the camera or leaned out of those completely. Because mm. I think towards the end, it gets a little too, like, back and forth between yeah. the winking at the camera and then, like, this is real life. Yeah. And I liked chunks of the story a lot. Totally. But I think his... I don't think the movie's boring. But I do think I'm like, you led a pretty, like, normal life. A lot of people deal with this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Which is relatable. But then I'm like... All right, but I'm watching a movie about this. Right. But it is good. It is good. Um, but again, yeah. I think it's that thing that the marketing just blew it out of proportion. It's yes. like, even when Spielberg talks about this, he's like, I had a weird relationship with my parents. This is why. Yeah. Yeah. He's not like, and it was fucking insane. Like, he's not doing that. The marketing and everything is trying to I do it. Like, it's, it's, it's just like, yes. it's a Steven Spielberg 
movie that he's Origin directing story, about yeah. his life. Yeah, yeah. it's like kind of hard to Spielberg, not. Spielberg, one. I also make it so kind much of thought, like, I don't want to spoil it for you, Robbie, since you haven't seen it yet, but, like, well. the movie resolves a little bit differently than his actual life so it's not one for one it's not one for one and i almost feel like his real life was a lot worse because he was like more estranged from his dad for like 10 10 plus fucking years that he blames his dad because he doesn't know opportunity i mean i made the joke before but i wonder if there is an opportunity to make a sequel in a way i don't he will to be I feel a better like director in like that's what it yeah. seems like if you're saying that he yeah. painted it better in the film yeah. than what it was it was like him working his shit out I just think yeah. in a world of, of uh, pearls Maxine's and souvenir part 2's I just think the case can be made for a sequel for movies like this to get yeah. sequels why would we get a sequel oh. to the Fablemans when we can't even get a fucking season 2 of the Midnight Club oh Huh? Think we're talking um, about apples and oranges, but you're onto something. Yeah. So <laughs> my body's broken. For, to be honest with you, like my gut reaction when we went to see it, I was like, "That was very good." Yeah. But I also was fucking blown away by him doing West Side Story. Like I thought oh. that like pulled the rug out from under me, where I was like, "This is gorgeous. This made me cry." Like, and this was a story that I already really liked, so I didn't expect the movie to be that great. Yeah. I didn't have that experience with this, but I think if I rewatch it, I'm going to like it more because you if know. I actually pay attention to the shots and the way he's doing stuff, it's fucking stunning. It's insane. It's, it's stunning. Insane how but I wasn't really looking at that so much the sure. first time. I was more wrapped up in the story. And the story, like you said, is it's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like sometimes yeah. kind of boring. I think it's really fun to see him shooting the movies as a teenager. Like, That's I loved that. Part. That, like, the Western with cheese to reservation dogs. I was like, fuck yeah. That was so good. I mean, that's that scene towards the end, too, in the hallway. With, yes. With the, with the, the bully. Yes. It's just like, oh, that is. Very come good. on now, this is cinema, right? Yeah. Look at this. No, it's, it's very good. And the movie also has, in my opinion, I know this can be a bit of a divisive thing, I think it has one of the all-timer last shots in a movie. I think that that is Mamma Mia. Perfect. Oh, okay. a pretty good last yeah. shot. It's, yeah. But it depends on how you're rolling with the ride so far, yeah. and like, yeah. how does that John Ford scene hit you? Because I've seen some people say that John Ford scene kind of lands on its face, which I'm like, I don't see that. That's huh. crazy, but... It's very different from the rest of the movie. I, I feel like it could have ended earlier when he's just with his dad in the apartment having a panic well, and attack. That's, and I felt like the that panic was attack like, scene that is was the scene that like really got to me. Yeah, because of how his dad responds to it he's so and good. doesn't like knock him down or try to like tell him like grow up or anything like yeah. that. He like embraces him, and it's like this moment of just like yeah. That's Paul Dano his relation, is really good. In this. His relationship with his parents is complicated. It's yeah, not right. just mom yeah. did this, we hate her. Dad did this, we you know resent him. It's it's complicated, and it's maybe we do need a Fablemans too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it could be yeah. interesting to, yeah. to, to have a movie about his like more adult, his more 20s, adult 30s, life. Yeah, yeah, where it seems like there's more story to tell with his family, yeah. and to. I would love to see a director really wrestle with the stages of his career. Steven Spielberg probably didn't know he was going to be Steven Spielberg. Right. You know, like, and I think that's a... you look at those early movies and he is addressing all these, like, dad issues and this issues and you're like, oh, shit, yeah. I think it could be... And, like, you know, maybe his his filmography is telling that story 
without having to fa- do a family movements too, right? But that would be interesting. I, I mean, I, that's what I was going to say earlier is like the Close Encounters and Jaws and even like a little E.T. Jurassic Park, E.T., yeah. Catch Me If You Can. Um, these are all things that kind of fill in the gaps of yeah. what is happening in the Fablemans where it's like you kind of skip ahead and they're not really giving you the whole story. And it's like, well, that's all kind of in there and other things that he's done. Yeah, you don't need it to be kind of spelled out yeah. necessarily. True. I do think Michelle Williams is getting a lot of hype and I think that I liked Paul Dano more. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, Big even time. though his performance is, is pretty understated, it's mm-hmm. just, he's really good. It's kind of just like, but it doesn't matter yeah. if they had run him in Best Actor, like, uh, he wouldn't stand a chance against, like, that competition. And same with Supporting Actor, it's kind of like, that one's already locked in pretty much anyway. It's like, yeah. and the Paul Dano character isn't really the type of performance that the Academy especially would really kind of pay attention to. It's extremely subtle and subdued. It's really good. It's though. kind of almost barely even noticeable. Yeah. Again, big Paul Dano year. Just makes me mm-hmm. like him more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, he's very good at what he does. Totally. Paul D. All right, so let's do uh, some some cookies. Some little cookies. cookies. Some little quickie cookies. <laughs> I said cookies. You misheard oh, me. Did you? Who's the one a cookie? Mm. I want a. I want a cookie. I want a cookie. I want a cookie. I, too. A, you said I, you I want do our cookie. cookies, and I was like, wait, there's cookies. You get cookie. You give me a cookie. I give you a cookie. Do you have any cookies? Little, little bite-sized cookies. I might have cookies in the car. You might have cookies have, in the car. Yeah. <laughs> could? No. I, I might have cookies in my car. I have chips no. in the car. You have chips in the car for sure. I, have chips I saw you buy I those. I probably have crackers in my bag. Chips. Uh, the well, savory cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Salty um, cookie. In many ways. Yeah, let's go around. Uh, we'll do like some little quickie ones that we also really liked. Uh, do you want to you, you start us off? What do you yeah. want to talk about? I want to talk about Barbarian. Baba. Yeah. Baba. Yeah. I think another movie that's on almost... Our list. Yeah, our list? it's not on my list, but Boom. I do like Boom. it. <laughs> That's alright. That's alright. I did right. like it. Yeah. Right. Cool, 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 cool. They're at an Airbnb. <gasps> yeah. So Robbie and I saw this with Claire. Hey Claire. Hey Claire. Uh, and the couple behind us was really loud, and it only made me like it more because it was so fun yeah, to be in a packed theater, not really knowing much about the movie, other than. She goes to an Airbnb. Yeah. And someone's there. And, and someone's someone there. else is there. And that happens to be Pennywise. I mean, well, Skarsgård. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I always Bill talk about how... Little cutie patootie version of Bill Skarsgård. Whenever I'd like recommend this movie to somebody, especially once it hit HBO Max, like this movie had the best release model ever. This thing came out exactly when it needed it to, to build about two weeks of momentum, have an amazing theatrical run, and then land like three or four days before Halloween on one of the biggest streamers. It just yeah. nailed. And I would always tell people, don't watch a trailer, don't read anything about it, just yeah. start it up because it's amazing because it's kind of, I keep saying it like, it's like three movies. Well, it is. And it's like, yeah. All three of those movies I would watch. Plus a the, full movie. Of the that. trailer with its like our house <laughs> is like, oh shit, what is happening in this? So I tried to just watch the one trailer, not know anything else going in. Um, and I think that was for the best. And definitely people that haven't seen it, 
Don't watch the trailer. Uh, pause this. Yeah, don't and watch the trailer. Go watch, watch trailer. it. Yeah. Just yeah. go watch it. Don't watch any more trailers. I watched the theatrical trailer, and I was just like, the they twist released, is yeah. in the movie. They released would, a trailer what? later on that is like way too Bomber. much. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, when I was writing my list, I was. I mean, I watched the trailer just to read yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, oh. I was really hoping. Again, nominations are coming out on Tuesday, so maybe a certain someone is going to edge into best supporting actor. Oh, just saying. You wish. Very you think so? You wish. It'd be more of a career nomination, I think. But Zach Krager? Krager? Mm-hmm. From Whitest Kids You Know. Hell yeah. Uh, Abraham Lincoln himself. Yes. <laughs> what? 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 He, what? I mean, <laughs> he fucking killed it. So, I mean, I just, I, I love having, uh, Robbie wrote really awesome description of the Northmen in oh, his list, you. which will get posted. And just like the point that you made where you want directors that have been in one genre to do stuff in other mm-hmm. genres. So, you know, yeah. somebody in comedy directing horror, somebody doing horror, now doing action. Like it just makes for really interesting shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Georgina Campbell is awesome in this. She's great. And I don't want to spoil it for people. Yeah, no. So I don't. One of, the, one of the best surprises of the year. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, it just kind of shows that the you know the the sketch comedy writer to our writer is mm-hmm. is a really good pathway. Yeah, <laughs> this was this was a very funny movie, even though it was really disturbing yeah. and gross. Yeah, I watched it when Heath was out of town for business. Oh, trip. creeping yourself I, out. I watched it by myself the Ooh. first night of like. Maybe a week, maybe a couple days. I can't remember how long he was gone on that one. Yeah, but yeah I was like, Fuck. I don't get freaked out very often like that by myself in the house. But yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah, it was a good one, but it was a bad one. I feel like also because you're like a homeowner, like you know, there's like by just nature of having a home, there's like yeah. certain corners I you don't know. Just gonna say, like, I can't wait to watch this at an Airbnb the next time I'm on a trip. Oh, I'm doing it. It's happening. I'm what, putting a little size. What was that other movie that we watched that takes place in Airbnb where there was all the creepy cameras in the Airbnb and had Dan Stevens? Oh, like, the. Oh. Oh, the oh, rental. Yeah. That movie has a great. That movie has a great. Fucked movie. me up for like a long time after with staying at other places. I was like, no, 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 no. The no. plot of that movie is also like just yeah. so painful. Oh, You're like, stop, stop. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, out of all the movies that were in my top five this year, I feel like Barbarian is the one that I'm going to rewatch the most. Like it's I really love fun. other movies yeah. more than it, but like yeah. I watched Barbarian like three fucking times last year, and I'm just like, keep wow. going, keep going, let's keep going, let's do it again. I feel like if you haven't seen it yet, but you like. Jordan Peele horror movies like it is in line with that not just because of like the writer to you know comedy writer to horror writer pathway but just like it just has that energy where it's like it feels yeah. like it, there's like a lived in world that this single story takes place in yeah. and I like how much it turns and there's a twist and it's it's so good and it's like so refreshing when it happens and it's great it's fun to watch good movies like <laughs> Burns, speaking of which, you got a good movie you want to talk about? Yes, yes. So the first cookie I'm going to talk about is <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's oh, Pinocchio. Ciao, Papa. The, be- um, the best animated movie the best of the year. Pinocchio, the best animated yes, movie of the yes. year. The boy um, with sin. The boy oh, with sin. He's an immortal boy of sin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but this isn't like your dad's Pinocchio, like... He really recontextualizes it. Guillermo puts it in fascist Italy during World War II. So there are a lot of children's soldiers. Yeah, this is a Del Toro and, joint. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very sad and depressing. But it also, because it's so much deeper and there's so much more going on story-wise with the plot, it makes the reasons for Geppetto to even, you know, want to have a little boy again very special and sad and emotional. Um 
there are just so many extra things going on with this movie that he takes this like fairy tale that we all know from our childhood and actually makes a fairy tale out of it. I think watching Pinocchio when I was younger, the original Disney version, I'm like none of this really makes a lot of sense. Like, why do these things happen? What's the why moral? are they happening? Mm. Like, don't lie, you know? Yeah. Through this movie, you know. It like actually means something. Yes. Yeah. And they make it mean something. And yeah, it's great and i cried a lot oh man i i cried i cried a lot at the end of this movie yes. yeah i cried in the beginning and then i was mm-hmm. like what am i gonna do at the end of the movie well, it's like they're ki- they're really kicking it when you're down at the end yeah, yeah. they're just and they're like and then this happens you're like stop as a tour oh sweet sweet you and mcgregor just being like be sad. Sebastian J. Cricket, who knew I would Sebastian. love you. I would love it's you like, so much. It's Guillermo del Toro really like kind of isolates what has always made Ewan McGregor so special is his ability to narrate. Yeah. All the way back from like train spotting and true. shit. And it's just that's like true. Yeah. that's one of, one of the things that yeah. made like T2 Train Spotting 2, which is such a, I still can't believe they call it that. Balls. Is like that's one of the magic. That's like the big magic trick of that movie is like bringing you back to like, oh right, that's how the first one felt. Yeah, and having him be Jiminy Cricket and be a very different type of Jiminy Cricket. Plus, the stop motion animation of this movie is so fucking. I think cool. the thing about very the stop motion cool. that really yeah. blew me away is they do so much with water. Yes, and I'm like, how the fuck do you do that in a stop motion movie? So cool. Because we all know how stop motion is done. Yeah. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of pictures that are strung together to create motion. And water, a very fluid thing, I imagine it's pretty hard to dynamically shoot with dolls yeah. and stuff. I mean, maybe they like shot a bunch of water and then like kind of like CGI'd it in and like painted out and like, you know, did all like the movement stuff separate. I imagine that's what they did. We but the like amount of times they do water yeah. is like, it's so much of the movie and I think that is like the most impressive thing a stop motion movie can do. We watched the little 30 minute on Netflix behind the scenes and that was some cool shit, but I want to watch more because it's so interesting. Yeah. MoMA has a, a, an exhibit right now with like a ton of the puppets. I want to see it. I want to see it. We're going on the fourth. I want to see Swiss Army Man. Yeah. I want to see it. But, uh, dope. It's it's so cool. Yeah. I think there's like an article in the times about some of the like robotics that they used for the Pinocchio model too. And like, it's just really cool. Yeah. The kid's voice is so good. So good. Yeah. You nice. love him, even though he's just like ruining things. Well, and being you, terrible. Love, you love him eventually. I remember. The, no, <laughs> but you know what? I was like, "Fuck this guy." No, but you, I think that that's the best part. That is the that is because the he's yes. like a real kid, and yeah. real kids, sorry, are fucking annoying sometimes. Yeah. So you're like, "All right, be quiet, be quiet, stop." And then later on, you're like, "Okay, I love you." Yeah. <laughs> now you are my son. Go to bed. <laughs> Robbie, what do you uh, what do you want to talk about? My cookie is. <laughs> Uh, I would love to talk about Prey, the uh, not-so-secret Predator movie that came out this year. Predator. 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 I don't know. Was I the only one brave enough to put it on their list? (laughs) You Uh, did put it on your list. I I took it off because I... it got the axe from the 10. It was in my 20s. Some of us are brave. Some of you that's, are brave. That's me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Prey is, is for me, it's, it's one of the best movies of the year just because of its, like, competency. And, like, you know, I, I've grown up really liking Predator, but it's also, like, one of those movies you grew up watching where you're like, why do, like, you, get to, you become an adult and you're like, okay, why the fuck do I like these movies again? Like, yeah. It's like, the Predator's cool, but, like, why do I like the movies? And, like, you know, I rewatched them all kind of recently. I still haven't seen Predator 2. Great movie. Predator in the City. Sex, <laughs> sex in this Predator City. Um, 
But, you know, it's like, these are fun. I even like AVP. That's a lot more fun than I remembered. Um, and, uh, yeah, this movie, though, is just, like, it is so far and away, like, if not the second best Predator movie, like, maybe the best Predator movie. And because, like, it's just so exciting to see, like, a franchise that's been around this long. It's so exciting to, like, be alive in the moment where it kind of figures it out. Because Prey is a period piece Predator movie. And you're just like, they got, that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it's what so it always should have been. And it's the Assassin's Creed model. Yeah. Put it's the Predator in Japan. And you're like, okay. And it I think it's very cool, though, to have it flip like so that. It's so cool. Yeah. And, like, you know, the action's cool. And I feel like it's the right amount of showing you the Predator. Yeah. Because he's in it more than, like, you know, the first Predator movie, it's cool because, like, you get the reveal of him kind of at the end. Mm. And you get some time with him. But, you know, it's much more about this, like, platoon and what they're doing. And also this kind of, like, critique on masculinity but this Predator movie I just feel like it's just so competent because also a critique on masculinity it's also a critique on masculinity yeah. and then it's also like you know it's it is about you know a, a tribe of Comanche people who are you know uh, the reason they hunt is for survival and because they have to and to use the Predator as the flip of that where he's just a big game hunter and it actually makes the Predator's villains again because I think the thing that the Predator movies really stray away from way too often is where they're like oh we're gonna make the predator like have lore and be interesting and maybe he's not like totally a bad guy but just kind of like a force and i'm like no he should just he's be just bad. bad he yeah. should be they a also bad guy. put them yeah. against the aliens and the aliens are just more they're they're harder to moralize exactly yeah. so they're the bad guys and the predators kind of become like i guess i'll help you human yeah, yeah. and they talk like that <laughs> i do like i yeah when they talk like that i do they like an avp like though an avp though when they are kind of nice to the the lady i do like that <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's nice when you're nice, especially to ladies. But in this movie, he's not nice to ladies, and that also works. So yeah, the lady is also not nice to him. No, you, no, she is not. Good. And uh, yeah, I just think it's like it's such just a like I, I watched it twice in two days. I was just like again another t- another another. It and, looks uh, great. It yeah, looks the great. cinematography just, is that one the one great. sequence where they're tied up to the post, and it's really the predator oh, yeah. kind of gets his moment to do his shit. It's, it's cool. like. That's one of the coolest I, sequences all year. And plus, I love all her. Yeah, yeah, just like here you go. I would have liked to have seen that in the theater. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it probably would have made uh, what's the word uh, money. Yes, it would have made a yeah. lot of money. I loved all, like all of her fighting was very practical effect too, which I yeah. feel like is what makes it cool. Like it's the the story that's outside of the predator stuff is like a, a good movie on its own. Yeah. Like that could have just also been a like, good movie, but right. then they're like, and now the predator. So you're like, well, this is a great movie now. <laughs> Plus, like, af- After Love and Monsters, this might be my favorite, like, person and their dog movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I do think, uh, yeah, let's put, in my write-up I mentioned, you know, let's put the Predator in more period pieces, but maybe let's put him in genres, and I think he should be the villain of the uh, the new Nights Out movie. Ooh. I just think, I know it would be a spoiler, they have to hide it, though, because we'll know, if Predator's <laughs> in it, he's the murderer. Well, no, we need to know it's the Predator, but, like, <laughs> but it can't yeah, be him, <laughs> right? They'll tell you it's him at the beginning, and yeah. it won't be him. And we're like, no, that's too obvious. This Infernal Creatures, he's just on vacation. It was actually the butler. <laughs> <laughs> I do declare uh, this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, and seems to be uh, uh, making a prey out of all of us. Uh, um, yeah, prey, good movie. Uh, I wanted to talk about another very good movie that uh, Robbie also likes quite a lot, The Northman. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing the um, Northman stance right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> from, the, from the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
They make a lot of really fun noises in it. Willem um, Dafoe makes a lot of good faces in it. Yeah, he's great in this movie. Everybody's great in this movie. Everybody's great. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård in this goddamn thing. Again, like, I was really surprised that he wasn't getting, like, tossed around a bit more. Right. It yeah. really just yeah. kind of strikes me as that type of, like, like Russell Crowe and Gladiator kind of thing. Like, obviously, Crowe was, like, on the upswing when that happened. Like, so everybody was really paying attention to him. And I feel like we all take Skarsgård for granted. You know, like, I think that we do. We take them all for granted. Yeah. All, all, well, yeah, I mean, Stellan is, uh, people, dad, people are starting daddy. to be like, now, now, oh, right, this guy's an amazing fucking actor. Yeah, Burge, yeah. you got this movie late, right? I did. So I didn't catch it at the theater. I watched it finally just a couple weeks ago, stayed up late, watched it, and just blew me away. Yeah. I knew nothing. Of, I did not, like the joke is, I didn't know that I came most home of the and movie, at the top of the stairs I heard from the, from the basement, He's here. <laughs> I didn't, Father, he's here. I didn't know that most of the movie was um, just like a Shakespearean mind fuck. Like, I didn't know yeah. that that's what oh, the that's movie really was. Oh, that's a good way to describe it. Right. I, like, I thought it was like, oh, it's going to be Robert Eggers just like fucking doing sh- shit with people. And like, and, that is, and he is doing And that. he is doing shit with people. <laughs> yeah. And then um, everybody in it is just really, really good. And... It was just, it really blew me away. It was way more um, interesting. I knew it was going to be well made. I knew that I was probably going to like it. I just didn't expect it to be that kind of violently, for lack of a better word, interesting. Like it was just, I could not stop watching it. All the weird choices that they kept making. I was just like, like you mentioned, like, and he makes like a weird like Hannibal Lecter like shrine oh, yeah. out of it. You're like, why? <laughs> yeah. How did this stay in the script and you yeah. shot it and put it in the movie? It makes Crazy. no sense, but I love it. There's a, uh, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, my favorite movie of last year, Green Knight, and just kind of the way that it oh, really yeah. does this balancing act on like the way mysticism is handled. Yeah. And where there's like a lot of ambigu- ambiguity, but the movie isn't just like, is it real? It's, it doesn't really fucking care about that. But it's there. And, is Bjork real? But there's like a scene where he gets <laughs> I mean, probably like the most he, he like gets his most important item of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is my favorite is it's you know, if if that predator scene is one of my favorite sequences of the year, that's up there too, where it's like the scene where he gets his weapon is just like so fucking cool. Everything about it is cool. Like every single thing about it is cool, and then the way it ends, you're just like with the great <laughs> the Northman, the last wish, the last wish. <laughs> yeah, it also has an amazing long shot where they are pillaging that village. Oh at the yeah, of the movie, and that is probably one of the best scenes of the year too. Parallel to I noticed on the second rewatch, the scene where he uh, is a boy and he's leaving the village is also a one shot. Mm-hmm. It's on the same one eighty plane yep. of him attacking the village too. <sighs> when he catches the spirit. so it's kind of like him like. Leaving on one side and then really Coming emerging back. as yeah. a force of violence. Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. was so good. Nicole Kidman was so good. It kind of reminded yeah. me that she's good at acting. Yeah. Because I feel like she's been in a lot of last She's, she's doing a lot of stuff. It's been, How did it work last night? It's like the reveal of Nicole Kidman where she's like, actually, I'm a bitch. And you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go, 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 <laughs> I'm insane. You're so good. Well, also, I mean, like, the, the movie does have, like a, a, like, a moral twist where you're just like, yeah. Wait. Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And also... Uh, You've yeah. been living a lie. <laughs> I feel like every single shot of this movie, you're just like, perfect. Great job. Keep going. Keep perfect. Going. Do, another, do another one. <laughs> yeah, I hope he does something uh, similar to this in the vein of like some of the action scenes, because they really are just like... 
Who knew wow. that he had it in him, though, right? Right. Robert yeah. Egg, like, yeah. And that's that's what I mentioned in my write-up, where I was just like, let more weird art directors, like, give them a lot of fucking money and be like, make an action movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. What does a Yorgos Lanthimos action movie look like? What is, Tell let's me. find out. What does Ambulance 2 look like? Ambulance. Ambulance is already enough of an art house film for me. What they do with drones is art house. True. I'll stand by that. True. Uh, D, what was your second movie you want to talk about? Second cookie? Yeah. Cookie? Second, it's pronounced quickie, but all right. Second, uh, <laughs> give, you give me a cookie, I give you a cookie. Uh, it's off of Robbie's list, but Damn. I loved it, and I it was one of the last to get off of my top ten, is Watcher. Uh, wait, so it's not on your list? It's not. No, it's on my list and your list. Oh, yeah. It didn't make it on mine either. Yeah. <laughs> That's one that kept knocking up for me, yeah. too. It's like it started movie. at, like, I think 15, and I think it made its way all the way to 10 as yeah. I was, like, reconsidering. And, I, and at stuff. first I was like, yeah. all right, Micah Moreau, another horror movie, but this movie's great. And yeah. uh, like like you said in your write-up, like, uh, about, like, believing women. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a nice core read. Yeah, yeah a nice core like, read. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I also love the like stranger in a strange land aspect of it of not being a native speaker in Romania and she's kind of starting to learn. So like the sequences where she realizes that her husband made a joke at her expense or like just like little slights throughout the movie where you're uncomfortable because you don't totally understand what's going on is so on point like and you as the audience like you know you you feel the exact same way unless yeah. you're a romanian speaker which right i know none of us are no burn are you i'm not and okay. i feel like <laughs> and i feel like for a good chunk of the movie you're like believe her believe her believe her and then there's like a tiny bit where you start to be like is she over it gaslights you it gaslights it's you the movie yes. gaslights you and that's yeah. the best weapon that it does so that cool. fucking train scene and that fucking train scene is just like where you're like what the fuck is going on yeah that scene on the train is so high tension and so validating and so fucked up so good Burn Gorman, gotta love him. Oh, he's yeah, so yeah. good. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, he, it's really. When she goes across to the apartment building, I was so stressed out the entire time. I was like, get the fuck out well, of that Because that train scene, you don't know how it's gonna end. You're right. like, how does you this really don't. possibly It could have ended end? like five times. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, it, and it chooses the best way to do it. But yeah, I just think, you know, it just makes so many smart decisions to make it a standout in this like paranoia thriller genre. Right. And, uh, you know, it's like things that like. There's a lot of movies like that that we've seen like over time, but this one does really feel unique, and it and it's the the kind of cultural dissonance that can happen. Um, I think is like really its strength. But yeah, like Mike said, like the the gaslighting is like uh, an unexpected technique that the movie does, and you're almost like resentful of the movie, like fuck you, like, yeah, stop. Like, yeah, stop. makes you angry. No, yeah, but like I mean, you know. At least I can speak for as a man. It's just kind of like the movies being like, "How's it fucking feel?" Yeah, exactly. How's it fucking feel? Yeah, you're like, "Oh, oh, oh, it's bad." Oh, is your feelings hurt? It feels bad. Yeah, it's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it." <laughs> I just wanted to watch a really good movie. I believe her. I believe her the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> uh, well, because everybody knows that me and Robbie are one of the good ones. Yeah, we're yeah, one of the, the director ones. of this movie knows. That yeah, she she sent me an email. Ones. She was like, "You're one of the good ones." It's not about they, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's just like, it's very hard to be one of the good ones, and I just want to say thank you. Yeah, yeah your yeah. trophies mm-hmm. in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Still hasn't gotten here. Yeah, what's up with that? Eventually, um, eventually, it's, it's coming. I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, watch it. Cool movie. Uh, Burn. Yeah. You got another one? I do. What do you got? Uh, I want to talk about the movie RRR. Triple R. Oh, 
my uh, biggest regret I have not yet seen it. Ooh, not true. It is not true. It is a long film. I know. So Robbie, it's it is to be good. Robbie, it is sure. fun. I know. It brings I know. you the story, it brings you the fire. No, no, it there's no the water. Sh- there's no shame here. There's still time to watch it. It is fun. Like right now? Yeah, right now. But yeah, I, I love that movie. It was getting a lot of hype earlier in the year. Some theaters had it down in the city. It was very limited run. I wish and I could then, have seen it in the theater. Yeah, just think how much. But think how much fun that would be to see it with a packed audience. I think it would too. I think we're getting everything everywhere all at once back for a week run because they just said they're releasing it for one more week at the end of January. So I'm like, good. Let me get RRR in there too. Let me see if I can make that work. Be so much fun. I'd go. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that would be the place to see it, Robbie, for sure. But yeah, it takes essentially two Indian men who were revolutionaries, real people. And then it imagines, what if these two dudes, like, were friends before they started leading their own, like, separate revolutionaries? Yeah, Yeah, revolution. So, very, very cool film. So Uh, over the top. It's so over the top. It's kind of of point break. It's got everything. It's got point break energy, too, where it's just like, these guys become friends, they don't realize, like, wait, I'm after you and you're after me. But I respect you. Wait, I love you. We're friends. Yeah. We're friends. Did we just become best friends? Yeah, that's, it is. That's exactly that is the, movie. Yes. the whole movie. Yeah. So stepbrothers. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, cool. It's great. Great music. It's great. Yeah, looks yeah. awesome. Yeah, the dance sequences, just as Fun. entertaining as the fight sequences. Again, another yeah. thing that's like a movie, like everything, everywhere, all at once, a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously, but is also very sincere, in, especially in some of the more uh, intense things that it's trying to talk about, like colonialism and fascism and different and things also, like that. Uh, like brought uh, a, a genre to the cultural mainstream right. that you know I don't yes. think a lot of people are familiar. I'm not super familiar with. No, mm-hmm. you know I know it's not it's not Bollywood technically, right? It's it's uh, it's not Bollywood. It's Tollywood. No. It's Tollywood. It's Tollywood. So even more, you know, I don't think a lot of people are familiar with with that. Especially. Right, and they have their own way of making these types of movies yeah. over there, making different like they're, they're just different genres over yeah. there. And it's like me and Rhea Banerjee, past and future guest, a great fantastic person who is uh, staff is she, writer. Is she writing the list? This year? She is writing a television list. Oh, perfect. That sounds great. That's cool. We did an episode on um, uh, the Pride and Prejudice Bollywood uh, remake. Cool. Called like I think it's called Bride and Prejudice. And we got into this huge, like awesome like conversation about like why movies even exist over in countries like this and like they kind of operate as this different thing than what they are. It's really crazy. And like watching movies like RRR just explode is just like so exciting because you're like more of these movies like we're lucky like the Galleria the Kipsy Galleria around us the Regal that's there they play a lot of movies like this there all the time and it's like I want to try and go catch more of them they're just always at really weird times and stuff but I, I just need to get over there and watch more yeah, when I was a freshman in college, those uh, videos really started gaining speed. The Tunic Tunic Tune yeah. music video. And so that was a big thing when I was in college, watching that type of music video. And so it's cool to see like a whole movie really get showcased the way that this movie is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty fun, too, because like, even if you don't have any background watching stuff like this, but like you watched like Slumdog Millionaire, he mm-hmm. like tips his hat to that because he has like a music number right at the end of the movie where everyone's like not in character but in character having fun together and it's just like really fucking awesome (laughs) it's just like it's just like oh we'll give you a little joy at the end yeah a little crumb of joy love joy (laughs) yeah the last thing i'll say about rrr is watching it i wrote this in my list 
feel like it might be the coolest two dudes I've ever looked on screen together. Yes. <laughs> you have Cold. to think about it. Stepbrothers does exist. <laughs> you know, so. But those dudes are so cool. And yes. RRR. And the coolest dudes ever uh, playing chicken, essentially, with yes. one on a, each other's shoulder. <laughs> it's like Rakakuni. It's like Rakakuni. RRR has all these it's separate so like, aspects yeah. of like everything else, as does everything everywhere all at once. I think there was a thread on Twitter that was like 2022 movies. But they're all everything, everywhere, all at once. And it would just show people this, people that, people this, people that. Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, <laughs> speaking of cool dudes. I My next cookie mm-hmm. is uh, I would love to talk about a very special movie to me. It's number three. Uh, on my list, it is 3,000 Years of Longing. Oh, yeah. I feel like a movie that everyone was just like, all right, cool. Thank you for putting that on your no, list. I, I, yeah, no, I had that on my list. And it didn't... That was in my top 15. Yep. And I then mean, I kept moving it around. It kept getting moved and back. Then, and it was surprising for me. I, I think, was like, I really like this movie. And it's yeah. just like... I had, to re- I had to watch it again. Yeah. Northman and that one I had to watch again to be like, all right, like, can they still hang? And then rewatching 3,000 Years Along, I was just like, man, this movie is so fucking... It looks so fucking good. It looks good. so fucking good. But also, like, it's just like the most... Like, it's such a Robbie movie because yeah. it's like it's like it's a horny fairy tale, which is like fuck yeah, give, yes. give me more of that every year. <laughs> Just think of that trailer. <laughs> it's so cool. Well, the trailer's great, but the trailer's so also good. like. <laughs> Misleading, it's misleading. It's so misleading because yes. it's just, it's just like a ladder for grown ups. I'm like, hot. it's not. It's not that. It is hot. Yeah. The movie is hot, but it's just like it's not. It's about that. a love of story. It's about a love of narrative. <laughs> um, but also yeah, just like it's, it's so good. It's, it's so it's good. good. But like you know, it is. It is like you know, it's it's infatuated with the stories and and love stories and love narratives, and it's a cautionary tale, not just about like what you would do with wishes, but what you would do with love, you right. know. And in the, there is kind of like this. It, it taps into like a primordial fear of love and how like you know the how love can end, um, but also like I don't know the the like immortal nature of of but how you should still open yourself up. You to still it. open yourself up yeah. to it. The immortal nature of stories. The immo- the immortal nature of romance and and to yeah just to be yeah. open and to be vulnerable and to kind of just like let it all in and the movie looks incredible because it's um george miller just being like peak yes. <laughs> like you know it's so cool just him really it it feels like i feel like of his of the man who's known for doing mad max this movie i feel like feels the most mad max adjacent while not being a mad max movie adjacent at all right you know it's not happy feet uh he did what what other weird movie did he do babe he did babe yeah so it's not babe yeah well he made he directed babe pick in the city he kind of ghost directed babe he's that's george miller was a very big asshole what happened with babe Babe pig in the city makes a lot more sense that he did that one because that one is a little bit more nightmare fuel so that makes more sense yeah exactly Yeah. yeah Well, but beautiful. Uh, <laughs> this, but it just seems like the, the, he took a lot of like uh, his just like years of like making like big action blockbusters and he funneled it into like, how do I make a bombastic love story? And right. I think he totally nails it. But yeah, I think the performances in it, it's it's really just like it's just crazy like what this movie is. And it's so hard to like pitch it to people because they're like, OK, it's mostly a conversation about um a genie and a white lady talking <laughs> and also like it's super horny and it's a it's a love story through time it's also really about narrative and you're like 
Okay. <laughs> I also love that it's not like Tilda Swinton is so fucking good this year. She's in so much shit. Uh, yeah. But like, she's not overtly sexual in this movie. Like in real life, I think Tilda Swinton is sexy as fuck. But like, mm. they kind of make her plain. They make her like sort of library esque character. I mean, okay. But I'm yeah. like way into that too. Right. It's very, <laughs> but it's very hard to make Tilda Swinton not attractive right. to me. Right. But Idris Elba from the level. get is like sexy. Like, yeah. like I, I want her to just like bottle. pick me up and put her on her shoulders. <laughs> yeah. But well, they make her sexy in the way of like. Uh, of the way that she feels love, like that's right. like what makes her sexy, right? right? Is exactly. the way that she it like grows as the movie Yeah, she's like she's like I want passion, right. I want mm. love, and yeah. it's like that's like oh, and the only person that she can get it from is Kazam, yeah. Kazam, <laughs> Kazam. Uh, and then like you know, Idris Elba, no slouch either. He no, so uh, is so no good, slouch. no slouch either. He's he's so good I mean, in the he, movie. He's, he usually phones it in, so it was kind of a surprise <laughs> to really see him kind of putting in an effort. Well, I feel like he. You know, he's really carrying, like, the whole movie on his shoulders, uh, kind of, like, effortlessly, I feel like. Because he mm-hmm. is, so, he, has to, he has to just be, like, so many different variations of this character mm. that is both, like, infinitely vulnerable and infinitely wise at the right. same time. And I just feel like that's, like, like what character is like that? Right. Yeah. You know, like, what character can be that subdued, but also, like... Like, he's, like, one of the most, like, hurt characters I've ever seen, like, in a movie, you right. know? And he's still, but he's, like, he's, like, but I persevere. And, like, you know, it's because he is narrative incarnate, and that is what sure. And it's, like, does. all these things are so interesting, and you can just talk about this movie forever, and the fucking studio had no idea how to market it. No. They yeah. fucking don't I mean, listen, August. Hey, I, don't I, fucking, in, I don't know how to market this movie either. I remember yeah. being <laughs> in L.A. when it was being released, and everyone was like, yeah, what the fuck is that movie about? And I'm like, I am in L.A. Everyone should know about this movie. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, what is that again? George Miller? Didn't we do Mad Max? That's weird. I, but, like, I don't know. I grew up watching movies like this as a kid all mm-hmm. the time like sure. with my dad like on TNT or turning classic movies it does like, feel classic in a way like, right the yeah. the epic storytelling of like things taking place in the middle east like fief of baghdad and like the mm-hmm. you know all the like stuff that's like pre disney aladdin mm-hmm. it, yeah. and it's that epic and i think that that's really cool cuz we don't get a lot of stories like that now you know that are sort yeah. of like like that prey is cool cuz it's a period piece like that just are this weird world building adventure story but then also is just in the hotel room and it's really good mm-hmm. <laughs> i loved all of the the bodies in yeah the all the different shapes mm. all the different like colors and sizes so colorful. i loved that like women had body hair i just liked all the different bodies that were on screen during this movie yeah, it was very cool like the set design and the costume design it's like all of it was so good decadent. yes <laughs> yeah, just like vibrant and beautiful yes um yeah, just really, you know, I think one of, like, another movie that's, like, yeah, a pleasant surprise, um, but, like, you know, I went in expecting quality, but I didn't, like, go and be in, like, oh, it's, like, this meditation on love and the stories that tell love and how they influence us. And it's, like, I don't know, I think it's a very special movie. Uh, I'm very happy I got to put it on my list, but I'm glad that you guys all watched it, too. I'm glad yeah. it resonated with everybody. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Kick-ass movie. It's so cool. sexy little, sexy little freaking movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, and also like, there's just some movies that come out in certain years where I'm like, and you win the most Robbie movie of the year award. And it's like that's the most fucking Robbie movie of the year. Uh, well, I guess my last one too. Before we get back into like the main hitters, is also a very special little Burge movie for me. 
Uh, and that is little probably in, the little indie joint. A little indie joint <laughs> um, made some money. Uh, Just a little bit, though. Saved m- cinema. I thought this was going to be one of your main picks. I did too, but I feel like the other one might be more interesting to talk about. Okay. Um, plus, again, we are most definitely going to be talking about this movie more come uh, yeah. the Oscars. Yeah, because uh, if if it's this movie's to lose. Yeah, it is. This movie is up there. Uh, it's Fableman's kind of toss up. Th- We're talking about Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. Um, <laughs> great movie. I I've seen it uh, three times now. I have seen the final 30 minutes, which if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what that is. I have seen that about 12 times because I would just walk into the... I had my timer on anytime I was working at the theater and I was going to be around when the ending was. And I would just sneak in, sit down and watch it. I actually popped in and watched it with you and Claire when you guys saw it. Uh, I absolutely love it. Every single thing that's happening in this movie operates perfectly and in sweet, sweet harmony with, again, here's this word, the sincerity of what this movie is about. Yeah. And you can either lock in on that or think that it's silly. It kind of knows that it's silly. It kind of wants to be silly, but it also knows that it's really fucking cool and that it's cooler than you. Um, (laughs) I love it. It's like, it's just like a... A movie that everybody's going to be talking about for a very long time. It was the first big movie after the pandemic that really kind of just showed. This movie was shot like three, four years ago. Tom Cruise like held out and waited until it could be released properly. Like that's Glenn Powell was like joking around. He's like, we did this shit like four years ago. I don't even remember making this thing. <laughs> Um, but it's great. All the callbacks to the original, which, you know, is not a great movie, but it is Top Gun. It is what it is. And I just feel like they take that that magic potion recipe and just turn it into one of the most exciting, entertaining and well-made populace like blockbusters in a long time. Yeah. I love how age appropriate it is. Like I love, (laughs) or like that aspect is my favorite part of the movie. Like I love the fact that he's older. I love the fact that he has age appropriate relationship with hot, older Jennifer Connelly. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, they refer to him as like old man now as the teacher. Yeah. Like I love all it's of that. It's Tom Cruise grappling with his mortality. Great. It makes like, me like Tom Cruise more yes. because of that. Yeah. Which he might be old. Yeah. But he's still the best. He's still you know, a movie like, star for Tom sure. Cruise. It's just like yeah, for some reason, and it's gonna happen again this year. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning is gonna come out and it's I gonna do, destroy everything. I do love Mission Impossible. So. That would be crazy. Yeah. Just love a movie with like fucking like just rock and roll good pacing. Yes. Where it's like every moment you're like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. And then the movie's like ending like, hell yeah, oh my god, yes, cool. And then the movie's over and you're like, again, again. That's called being written by Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah. It is just such a tight like fucking movie. And also like, yeah, like it's, it it really, as a sequel to Top Gun, a movie that, you know, I think at the very least is beloved. Right. Right. It is kind of a cult classic in a way, but it's huge too. And, you know, it, this movie could have cut, came out and been phoned in and made a lot of money still. Not this much money. But, you know, it could have, like, they could have, like, you know, they didn't have to. It's like post some boots last week. Yeah, it's it didn't like, have to be this You guys didn't have to go this hard. Right. And they did. And you're like, this shit's crazy. And, and thank you. And thank, and thank you for going that. so hard. You did not have to. But yeah, it's just like. The are so good. And all the characters are, like, good. so compelling. Yeah. Um, Bob. It's homoerotic and sexless at the same time. I love it. <laughs> I like, love I, it. Only Top Gun can be both. <laughs> the thing I dislike about this movie is that it is going to make other 
movies from the past think that they can come out with a sequel oh. now yeah. and think that they can just do it. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. But you Cop can't just accent. do it. That's what they're doing. And it's just oh like, my gosh. No. no one wants to see this. No. Eddie Murphy doesn't want it. I mean, he wants the money, but he doesn't want to do this. No, no one wants this. I'd rather, I'd you rather keep these get, special. I mean, like, yeah, I, I want... If they can do it like this, like, sure, bring it. If, but can they? Can, no, probably, probably not. not. Yeah. But I'd rather get something like, you know, an ambulance, um, where it is like what Michael Bay... Ambulance. Uh-huh. Where, <laughs> where Michael Bay is just kind of like, I'm bringing it back to basics. Cool. You yeah. know? And, yeah. like, I feel like for for legacy directors like that or legacy, like, narratives, it's just like... That's kind of the conundrum with legacy sequels right now anyway, right? Where sure. very few are kind of doing them right. You have, like, Scream, where I feel like Scream... Did it well where they're just like, what is five cream? Thank you. What is the, <laughs> like, if we boil this movie down, like, what is that we actually need to hit? And they, like, figure it out. There's people who, like, really, like, understand it. But, you know, with Scream, you can kind of be a pastiche of legacy sequels. So you sure. That. But then you have movies like, kind of like the Halloween trilogy where it's like, hey, let's try, try to do something interesting. People are just like, no! I mean, it's no! just, you've got to be intelligent about it and not trying yeah. to call when you're not good you're stupid, but it's like <laughs> you're not good. You stupid. need to know what you're doing with this. Like, why make a Top Gun Maverick movie right now? Would it would it have worked as well in 2019 when they were or 2020 when they were gonna release it without the without the pandemic happening? Probably not. No. It's the fact that it is like the return to this type of movie, yeah. and that it's Top Gun, and it's like you know, old people like it, it young was, people like it. Yeah, that was probably why I liked the movie so much. Is because when we went to see it in the theater, it was full. And it was, like, people my age in their 30s and 40s with their parent, and they were crying, and they were cheering, and they oh, were the man fist pumping, and, and I looked over at Mike, and he was crying, oh, yeah. and I was not crying, but I was like, this is cool, so this is She's fucking cool, but, you know, I was like, wow, the emotions are running high, and that made it such a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I mean, like, it's... It's such a roller coaster ride, and yeah. you know, I feel like some people could scoff at it, but it is the reason like people go to the movies, you know. Yeah. And like the reason why us four go to the movies is a little bit different, you know. And you know, it's not the reason why all people go to the movies, but it's why people go to the Capital M movies. Is it is like for Talk of Maverick or like for like Avatar: Way of Water because they want to yeah. fuck, they want their minds fucking want to be entertained. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just like, well, guess what? This one's doing it in spades. <laughs> yeah, uh, good movie. Made a lot of money. You know, too, big to, too big to fail. Too, too big to fail. fail. <laughs> um, so, uh, then. Seamless edit right there. Perfect. No one, right no one on over. Moving on, moving on to uh, your second Another, main. A big wig. Your big wig. Uh, your, 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 your bookie. I don't know. Bookie? I don't know. Not a cookie. Not, Not a cookie. cookie. Is, uh, no. big cook- you're, you're trying to say yeah. big cookie? Is big that what cookie. you did? Yeah. Oh. Like those, like those giant chocolate you're... chip cookies in the pizza box, like yeah. a cookie cake. Oh. Yeah, a cookie What's cake. What's your cookie cake? Ooh, cookie cake. Okay, uh, my cookie cake is filled with tears because it's After Sun by Charlotte Wells, and I saw it in the theater at Story Screen Beacon Theater by myself and some other lone men and one couple that was in there and it hit me real hard it was a slow burn and at first i was like this is a fucking slow burn and then all of it kind of culminates at the end and i wasn't immediately planning to watch it again right away mike finally wanted to watch it he got it at home i watched it with him and i was a mess 
So I was like, man, it hit me that hard the second time, maybe even more so because I started to realize more cues throughout. Um, but it's just like a really awesome performance between the two main characters, Paul Mescal playing Calum, who's like a 30-year-old dad. Frankie Corio is playing his 11-year-old daughter. They're on vacation. He's separated from her mom. Her and her mom live in Scotland. And it's just like all their vacation in the 90s with camcorder VHS footage that they take turns filming each other. And a little bit of flashbacks to the future when Frankie is in her 30s or turning 30 maybe around the same time as her dad and her kind of looking back at that. And it's just really fucking good. And it's this woman's first movie, which blew me away. I don't want to overhype it because I want you to like it, Robbie, because I think you would. I know, I know, I know I would like <laughs> but I, it. But I don't want to hype it too much because I didn't if, know if Mike was going to like it as much as me, and he did. Because my number one movie there. And I tried to not talk about it at all to him before he watched it. So yeah. I feel like that is the way to go with going in. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it too much. But it's just like really, it's good. It's just really special. It just stayed with me. I didn't think it was going to be my top, but I just kept thinking about it. Is it your number one movie too? It's my number one. Yeah. Wow. I picked it as my number one first. Wow. Copycat. Okay. Just saying. I turned my list in first. I also don't like to see anybody's list before I make mine. And Dee just kept putting her phone and like, but what do you think of this? And I was like... I don't want to see it just yet, but I was already no, considering. But, but I also, before we sat down and watched uh, the like top twenty-five for David Ehrlich, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I think I'm gonna put After Sun as my number one, and he put his, yep. he put it on his, and then I was like, oh shit! But I'm like, I was already thinking of putting it down up there before that. So yeah. it's just a very well-made movie, yeah. As well as I would like all to the hear, emotionality and how great it yeah, is. Yeah, I would like to hear from like you or someone else who <laughs> liked it and Byrne saw it. And I wanted to get your guys' input for other reasons besides just, like, emotional impact. Because it is this just, like, relationship of mm-hmm. between a kid and a, and a parent that's young enough to, to have some shit to who is, like, wrestling with depression. But then, like, sort of trying to be the cool dad, be low-key, but is clearly having some issues. Yeah. And the kid, like, just <clears throat> starting to realize that because she's yeah. young enough to be in her own, like thinking about her first kiss and wanting to hang out with the teen kids at the pool and not the kids her age. And, mm-hmm. But she's also starting to realize that like maybe some things are not so good with her dad. Yeah. So. And being able to articulate feelings that she has. Right. Like getting to that point of understanding right. and also being able to communicate that. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the one of the best things I love about the movie is that the blocking and framing of a lot of the shots is like Spielberg, Kubrick, Scorsese level shit. And this is, like, just her first, like, there's, like, a shot with a reflection on a TV that's utilized over this long take where characters are moving from one place to another, and it's all landing exactly where it needs to be. There's also a lot of cool... fluid um, and honest. It's like, nuts. There's a lot of cool shots that fade in and out. Like, mm-hmm. I know, like, the only other movie that I saw that really hit me that much was um, Decision to Leave had a lot of cool shots like that, where it was, like, you're looking at the main character standing there and then the other image starts to come into focus. And that happens a a couple of key points in this movie that I, you just like, Oh fuck, (laughs) you know, like, because it's kind of like giving you that, like this shit is coming, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of slow. There's, there's an aspect to the movie because the movie does kind of have an inherent, um, main mystery going on that it's not so much like a a whodunit or a what's is it it's more like a why is this 
Hap- mm-hmm. Why am I being shown this? Yeah. Because this doesn't have anything to do with that. And then you're like, but what's that? And then you can slowly start piecing the things together until it all kind of just arrives upon you in the film's closing moments. And it's like been completely designed to operate like that. And it's just an absolute just like devastation of emotions and thoughts and like second guesses what life is all about. Right. Um, yeah. An insanely magical movie, you know, and it's again like me and D are the only ones that saw it, right? Oh, no, Burns saw it. Oh, you did see it. Oh, I, I couldn't remember if you had, <laughs> yeah. if you had seen it no. or not. Yeah. yeah oh, Burns, awesome. Burns, yeah. Yeah. I told you she saw it. Yeah, but very hard to talk about uh, if you don't want to kind of, because like, so I don't know how much you knew about it going in, but it's like not knowing really what the kind of general idea is here mm-hmm. was kind of like the fun for me. And I was realizing like when I watched it, because First time I watched it, Dee was there, but that was her second time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you weren't really responding as much as I would think you would. Because when I watched it a second time, I was just bawling. Because I was trying time. to hold it in. And you were holding it in because you were like, <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to spoil stuff. Yeah. Like when I went to see it in the theater, and it's been a while since I've like actually cried hard in the theater. That that movie got me like the, yeah, first, yeah. the first time I saw it. And I was sort of like... You other two single men by yourselves must be crying. <laughs> like I'm sure you are. Turn You're just like tears. everyone. Everyone sat for a really long time during the credits Good. before yeah. leaving, which is also like the music for the credits is really beautiful. And I was like, Mike was watching it and clips of it again, and he let the credits roll, and that music was a little triggering because because of now how I know that the movie ends. I was yeah. like, oh, it's making me sad, but <laughs> trying yeah. to keep it in. I wanted to double check who was yeah that Frankie the composer. Is very very good that young actress playing she's that so daughter. good she's so yeah good. I think she I mean obviously he's doing great too Paul Mescal in that role totally but yeah when my parents got divorced and we went on a vacation my mom is like too pure of a person to like try to sneak things that we shouldn't be getting yeah but yeah like watching that vacation where it's like you're not really financially set to go on that vacation yeah. but you go anyway oh man because yeah, you have to that. get away yeah Burn, I've done that there's that line in the times. movie where he's like you know we could get you singing lessons if you want and she's like why do you keep offering things I know you can't afford and you're yeah. like fuck yeah. and it's that like, cuts deep and that's like but that's <laughs> like deep. a it triple does. It does. layered thing yeah. where it's like it's how she feels but how it's affecting him and the grander thing of what she understands she's saying and what right. we ultimately find out what is going it's on also it's also like, like it really, it really flashes you back to like, there have been some, so many times in my young, like 10, 11 year old life where I said something that really fucking cut one of my parents and yeah. I did not realize how yeah. hard it did at the time. And then later was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. years later when you're older, you're like, oh man, I was a real piece of shit for a couple of years. <laughs> I am really sorry. Didn't really know it. Yeah. But I was. I'm yeah. like, you were just trying your best. I think most, most kids are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Paul Mescal is getting nominated. Oh, for sure. I guarantee I, it. I really like the that's choices. A, that's what's A24 pushing for. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're going to I right now. So. Like, that is... They've obviously got a lot of pull that they need to push behind everything, everywhere, all at once. But there is no... There's no best actor in that, really, to push into that category. So that can be their A24 one. I mean, I know that they're also really pushing um, Jeremy Pope. 
mm. uh, from the inspection. Which was um, also great. It, it, also a fantastic movie with an, ins- an insane performance. Jeremy Pope is phenomenal in that movie. But everybody is finally starting to catch after some because it's becoming a little bit more available on streamers to rent and stuff like that. Um, it sucks that it's not widely available this week while voting is happening but I do think that some people have been pressured into like they're getting screeners and stuff they don't have to yeah. worry about the access to that yeah. but I think people have been getting positively pressured towards it That's and cool. watch the movie because if nothing else Charlotte Wells is fantastic but Paul Mescal is really doing something here yeah. that we need to pay attention to I really like too like I read an interview with him and he was sort of saying like I didn't watch normal people I don't know if you caught that burn yeah. I didn't watch it no so like that really popular book became a really popular series on Hulu, mm-hmm. and that was Daisy... Uh, oh, I'm going to forget her name from Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, yes. Daisy um, Edgar. Has anybody here yeah. seen Where yeah. the Crawdads Sing? No. 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 We've all yet to hear their song. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, when will the day come? When will we hear their song? Yeah, but Paul Mescal was talking about like how after that came out, he like unintentionally became this heartthrob. Mm. and how that's not really the roles that he's drawn to. So now he's trying to, like, make a lot of smaller stuff, Mm. weirder choices. Um, And so he was just saying, like, he was really drawn to this character, even though he doesn't have kids yet. So I just thought that was, yeah, it's really good. Gladiator 2. Yes. Two Gladiator. Two Furious. Two Fablemans. Two Gladiators. Two Gladiators. That's a fucking movie. (laughs) That's got to be the third one where they inexplicably time travel. Yeah. As they always do in the thirds. As they always do. Tokyo Drift. They travel back in time. They narratively, narratively, <laughs> narratively. I was like, mm, I was like, stretch. Why don't you come on back to 1965 <laughs> yeah. with me? Because if they drive fast when men enough, could be men. They go back in time. Well, that boy, that boy, time travels. <laughs> yes, he. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Good. Um, yeah. On. Anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can move on. Uh, you know, no more. Don't talk about. <laughs> you were ready. Yeah. We're we're are we gonna move on? Are we done with this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, burn. What, yes. What's your what's your next uh, big cake cookie? Big cookie, cookie cake. cake. Big sheet mm-hmm. of cookie. Cookie mm, sheet. Big yeah. Big sheet of cookie. <laughs> so I was hesitant to talk about this one on this podcast because Robbie and I did a hot take on it, mm. and I feel like it's been getting a lot of conversation. But the four of us haven't talked about this movie, Ooh. and it was my number one on my list. So, I wanted to talk about The Banshees of Inishirin. The Banshees of Inishirin. Fuck yeah. The Banshees of Inishirin. Yes. Um, Martin McDonough's most recent film. Um, I think this is a very accessible film. It definitely got a lot of play. It's been really hitting the award circuit already. So, I don't think it really needs like an introduction as yeah. to what it is. I think people know what this movie is. Um, but I will say... Watched a lot of Colin Farrell this year. I think we all watched a lot of Colin yeah, Farrell. Yeah, so good. And I mean, this good, was... Good for me. I, good good yeah. year for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm not upset about it. No. I should update that article I wrote about him a couple <laughs> yes, years ago. Remember that? Where I was just like, oh, Colin Farrell. Uh, Happy birthday. He is a good boy. Yes. And yeah, you should. Right he becoming he a better boy. Yeah. Right up. Maybe he read that and was just like, you know what? I am a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue this trend. Yeah. You know what? Keep very, being a good boy. When you're sharing a house <laughs> together, you don't need to open up. Let's be He shared this house some bolts in his mind. <laughs> it's yeah. the only aggressively yeah. offensive accent 
that I can do. It's pretty good. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were Irish and you've been doing an offensive American accent this entire time. I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, you like Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Top Gun <laughs> Maverick. Oh, Military <laughs> propaganda. I mean, it is because it made you think fondly of being in the Navy. It did. Which I mean, normally, especially because it's like, I, that was my job. It was flight deck stuff. Which, so. time out, oh. normally, whenever we watch anything with military, like the inspection, gives mm-hmm. you serious fucking PTSD. Oh, yeah. Especially in boot camp. That really fucked me up. But yeah. yeah. But this was like, you were like, ah, the ocean. Ah, I missed that. Oh, I used to do that. Oh, I was the guy who pushed that button. Oh. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. I like that. Banshees have been a shirt. Yeah, yeah. What about those banshees? Oh man, I'm not um, leaving my feckin' donkey outside when I'm sad. Yeah, I'm not taking her outside. Oh, I'm sad. Jenny, Jenny. But yeah, the movie itself is great. I think it's doing a lot of really fun things. Martin McDonough is always good. True. But I think this movie is like the most stylized I think I've seen him ever be before. Where you start off watching the film like through windows. Characters are mm-hmm. always like on other sides. Of totally buildings or walls or windows or mirrors i think he really paid attention not that he doesn't pay attention in the past but i think he really honed in on what he's trying to do with this film in particular because i think this film is so spiritual by nature um plenty of different reads on this movie you can read it as completely physical you can read it as something a little bit more supernatural going on metaphysical you can read it in so many different fun ways and i think the writing and the acting and the way oh, it's yeah. shot and the cinematography and everything about it is perfect and yeah there there wasn't a movie that i think i laughed at more Ooh. when watching it than this film this year what is he fucking 12 <laughs> we did have, we a, we did have a fun time watching because we, we watched it at home yeah but yeah. you cried a lot too oh yeah I it's mean it's a sad. very touching <laughs> story and yeah. I like to cry it, during it, movies it, it hit hard in the friendship zone yeah big time yeah oh yeah. I mean anybody who's ever been through a Some kind, kind of, of like breakup. friend fight or even friend breakup all the way through that which our age Happens. All of our ages now, like, it happens. odds are that has happened, yes. especially yeah. once you break through that kind of mid-20s thing where it's like, maybe I don't want to be friends with the people that I'm friends with right now just because I grew up with them, but maybe I do. And yeah, it's an interesting thing to kind of chew on and realize that there are two sides to that. And that's usually when a friend fight can reveal itself to be something that can grow and move on is when there's an understanding between them. But if it's just a fight then it's just a fight and no one's ever going to communicate and that's honestly probably why the fight started in the first place. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, the, 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 the main four in this oh, are... Man. Tops. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing that threatens like the unso- best ensemble from Everything Everywhere All at Once I think is this movie. Yeah, Carrie Condon, man. Fuck yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Very Barry. Good. Barry st- almost totally steals it, man. But he, but like that whole that whole sequence of him by the water with her is so good. Was that, like, there goes that dream. There then. goes that dream. Then. Oh yep. man, yeah, fall very, in love with a boy like funny. me, would you? Oh, so sad. <laughs> so sad. So good. Yeah, he's great. What yeah. do you think this is for? Hooking oh. things? <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh man, I just want to hug him. That's it's the like, thing. no, just it's okay. Like the, <laughs> so good. It's like, all the acting is amazing. It's shot perfectly. Yeah. It, I agree. It's one of Martin McDonough's, like, such an improvement on what he's trying to do visually from things like Three Billboards, which 
we all really we all liked, liked and we yeah. liked a lot more I think than a lot of other people mm-hmm. yes um, but I think that this one's a little tighter I think this one's yeah. maybe a little bit more of a personal story that he wants to tell the dialogue is so tight and, and I mean, it's, it's just, just, just a whole so movie. Fun. Like, of, it's so quotable. Yeah. Like, you yeah. just want to say it like them. Yeah. Because there's just something that's so... Wouldn't be very nice ...fabulistic it. about it. You know, like, <laughs> yes. kind of going to... Yeah. It's like a fairy tale. It like, there's something bit. very, like, you play the flute and the rats follow you, too. And I, where it's like, <laughs> well, why wouldn't he bleed out? Or, like, what about this? I mean, this that, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, it's... How long he walks around with his finger cut yeah. off. And I'm just like, dude, no. This would not... He would have passed out by now. Yeah, there's or puked or something. Like, there's too much right. blood. Yeah. yeah. A oh, sword man. cannot actually get stuck in a stone that nobody can take yeah. out. You break the stone, you take it. Like, that's what it is. Like, Brandon no, Gleason is more so yeah. fucking mean in this movie. It's like <laughs> well, so intense. Yeah, I mean, uh, Farrell's so fucking annoying. Like, it's like the same thing. <laughs> right. just, I've, I've always identified with uh, Calm. He's calm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, always, I'm always like, I'm oh, really man. fucked up. I know. Well, it's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. I identify with Carrie Congdon's character where I'm. I'm sort of like, oh, I want to move away, but I feel kind of bad for my family, yeah. so I'll just stay there. I just feel like with Calm, like, <laughs> it's just the, he, for me, always, like, you don't have to fucking have to be friends with everybody. No, you don't. No. You, have to be friends, you, you don't. don't have to be friends with anybody. But no, your best true. friend? It's the thing is, like, the caterpillar eyebrows. I do think, like, listen, do I think he handles it all super well? Oh, no. my God. I think that I think that you can have, there was like, something that went viral on Twitter the other day with someone being like, being like, hey, I don't really want to be friends. It was someone who was like telling someone they didn't want to be friends, but they're doing like a TikTok, like talk to themselves kind of thing. Mm. And they're explaining like, hey, I don't want to be friends to you for these reasons. Everyone was just like, she's being so like, no one would actually have this conversation. It's so clinical. It's so weird to have. But then the other side of it was just like, well, like that's just how people feel sometimes. And mm-hmm. they don't want to have a confrontation about it. But they also don't want to be friends anymore. Right. So it's hard. But it is like, you know, yeah. that's it. It's a tough conversation to always have. And like, you know, I've had my share of friend breakups over the years as well and they are all tough and they and the friend breakups that I've like had that are the most impactful there's not a a calm or a poric it's just kind of like it's not it's not working anymore and this is a catalytic event that has made it not work and you know for me it's always like well hopefully time will heal it and if it doesn't then it was not meant to be more friends yeah yeah more friends yeah Yeah. it happens you also can have different friends at different points in your life because not all of your friends will grow and change in the same way. And yeah. Or they might not understand you once you grow and change. And good friends should. So, yeah. Or at least they should try. I don't know. I think friendships are tough because they, they don't have the same kind of like rule book yeah. as relationships do. And I think they're both harder to have the breakups and also harder to navigate. And, you know, a lot of times the issue is like lack of communication. But, you know, it's also like, I don't know. Sometimes, like, two people just can't be friends. But this movie, like, you know, it wrestles with all of that and none yeah. of it, too. Like, it's, it's it's very much, like, the the focal point of the movie is just, like, all right, well, like, are these two guys going to be friends or not? Yeah. And, like, what, what length is one of them willing to go? <laughs> is he going to kill himself Yeah, like, what, what length is one willing to <laughs> not be friends with someone? Yeah. What length is the other person trying to be friends with someone? And it's, like, you know, it's interesting to see all these conversations we just have about friend breakups, but, like... At its like most extreme, yeah, um, and it's just such a fun like thought experiment for a movie, you know. And it's also just like it's really just the whole movie is just this this relationship, and it's so aggressively entertaining to watch. <laughs> well, yeah, I just love the whole idea of like Colm chasing this music dream, but maybe he can't get it. So maybe right. he needs a scapegoat. I mean, yeah, that is. Yeah, so, I mean, it's yeah, got a lot of things going on. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I I also love the like. 
Patrick essentially getting activated at a certain point. You know what I mean? Because like he's so sad and nice until Oops. you know yeah. mm-hmm. something major happens and then he is furious. And you know that as an audience <laughs> member, kind of meta contextually, you know that that's coming because yeah. you've it's awful. It's Colin Farrell. It's awful. Right. They don't yeah. hire him to just. Yeah. Mope around. He's nice. very good at moping around <laughs> also, and being nice and patting donkeys. Uh, all the beautiful sweaters while he's moping around yeah. are uh, perfect. I don't really I drink some Guinness, but yeah. I want a pint of Guinness. Yeah, you want a, yeah. a pint of flat brown ale. Yes. <laughs> Whatever they're having. Whatever they're drinking, I want it. Yeah. Uh, Barry Keegan, so good. Barry Keegan, so good. Very so good. good. Very cutie, little cutie pie. Our little spaghetti prince, just, Aww, just yeah. really coming into his own. It's really story screen that bolstered him up to that place. It really well. is. Yeah. And Colin Farrell. <laughs> and, Col- and Colin. And Farrell. his relationship with Colin Farrell. Yeah, I'm so glad good. this movie like really resonated with a lot of people because um, you know I know Three Billboards was so so divisive it's so controversial for so many unnecessary reasons so I'm glad that this movie came out and just like really like fucking hit and I think a lot of people uh, are also like getting it too and I think that's that's it's like one well, of those big contenders for yeah. like the top prizes, director, yeah. best picture like screenplays, it's, it's like always it's, it's there cool. and it's crushing it, yeah. it's winning it's always cool when like you know cool like slower and artsy movies like this like really hit with a big crowd which is also like why Barbarians is cool. It's more like, you know, horror populist in that way, but also like why everything everywhere all wants is cool. So it's just cool to see these movies yeah. that are like, they're honestly like kind of fucking weird and people are, it's resonating with people and that's really special. I think it is important for people to know going in that it is not a traditional comedy though. Like it is, right. it is a black comedy. It is like yeah. a dark comedy because I think you can get that from the trailer though, right? Uh, I think some people go in thinking that it's going to be a little bit more like in Bruges, which yeah, is like a, a little bit more lighter, traditional, yeah, lighter, lighter, funny. Yeah. And then Absurd they come out humor. being like, "I'm depressed," and I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, it's, it's sad, man. It's, like it's a fucking Bruges, sad movie." In Bruges is a dark comedy as well, but like, yeah, it's like absurd yeah. and more in like its comedic yeah. like Zanier. elements. Whereas yeah. in this yeah. one, it's much more kind of like. Uh, we're gonna need you to laugh a couple times to keep watching this thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on to another movie that stars uh, Barry and Colin. <laughs> Barry and Colin uh, <laughs> in another movie together this year. We had to see Barry in uh, after the movie came out. But or no, he is in the movie. He's in the movie. He's in the movie <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, another uh, indie darling, number one on my <laughs> list. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I would love if we could talk about The Batman. You uh, me, uh, uh, a movie that Burr and I talked about uh, earlier in the year when it released. We did a hot take on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've had almost a whole year to sit on The Batman and really think about the man who bats. Uh, and... <laughs> I think it's it is past the bats. It's a special. It's a special, just little movie. No, I mean like it's it's a huge movie in a pantheon of even huger movies, and it's kind of like all right. So why? I, I feel like the question is like why would this be number one on my list? Like why? Why? You know, like what makes this movie actually like that good as a Batman movie? And I think it's because it was very unexpected and it really gave me so many things that like. I didn't know I wanted out of a Batman movie that made this like feel wholly unique. And I think it's also like, it's a very like risky comic book movie. Yeah. Like it's, and I feel like people are always like, you know, you want to see Batman be like darker and grittier. And even though this movie is like darker and grittier, it's like in some ways it's like more of a comic book movie than like the Christopher Nolan universe stuff. And you know, I think the main takeaways and the main things that really resonate with me about this movie is I love emo Batman. I feel like he's a fucked up little Batman that kind of resonates with like 
so many people. And, you know, I love that he's flawed. I love that he, we see him at a point in this, uh, hopefully trilogy or more or less, I don't know. But he has, like, room to grow. Sure. He has room to grow into a Batman we could really, like, stand behind and root behind. And this movie's not afraid to give us, like, a Batman that's, like, his views on things are too black and white and a little flawed. Because he's early on. He's early on, but yeah. also it's because of his, he comes from a point of privilege. And the movie's right. not afraid to be like, no, he only, like, he's been fucked over. He's trying to do the right thing. He also has all the resources in the world to do the right thing, and he only looks through things through, like, one myopic viewpoint. Sure. Which is, like, all the Batmans do that. But this movie's kind of, like, putting the spotlight, the, the Batman light on it, the bat <laughs> signal on it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, and I also think, like, you know, it looks so good. The colors. It's so cool. Yes. Um, I think the movie just, like, oozes cool. I think it's cool the entire time. It's a noir Love to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's like... It's got John Turturro. John Turturro. You love that. You yeah, love I mean, it. It's, it's just so like Kravitz. You love it. It's just like a very like indulgent, dark, like emo epic of a movie. It's and got I my think favorite that's so score cool. of the year, I think. It's a, That score is Damn. fun crazy. I think very so. Good score. It's good. Yeah. I, or at least like top five favorite scores of the year, like... Michael, yeah. Michael Giacchino, Michael Giacchino, Michael Giacchino. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh, I think it's uh, I think it's so also a, a Batman movie that all so of us good. like Batman here for the most part. Yeah. Like, yeah, we all have talked. We did a Batman podcast, Burge and I. We've all talked about a lot of Batman, and uh, but yeah, but I think we all like got something out of it to where it made it on almost all of our lists. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It plays so well with like with just with the lighting, yeah, and the color palette. Oh, it's awesome. Very yeah. cool. We did like so much fun things with it to give it like the specific look that it's got and stuff. Like, do you guys know like they shot it on digital, but then they like created 35 millimeter prints out of it and then used processing to make it look Jesus. the way that it does and brought it back to digital? Yeah. Good for them. That's why it looks kind of like Blade Runner or something yeah, like, like that. Chris, it, it gives yeah. like, like this kind of, it's called like um, dirtying the frame or something like that, uh, where you just like. There's a really good video on it. It's like, what does dirtying the frame mean? And they use the Batman as an example, and they 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 pretty much body slam Spider Man No Way Home, <laughs> and they're just being like, look at how fucking stupid this Aww. looks. And they're just like, look, fun movie. Me and Deep so recently fun. rewatched it. A lot of fun. So fun. But you're just like, Doesn't that movie look as good. looks terrible. Yeah. Like it's when like the effects are okay but sometimes. But you're just like, it obviously looks like Doc Hawk is like on strings and Alfred Molina's <laughs> armpits are like up. And the whole just general like look of it, just like this kind of flat, everything's kind of toned correctly. I mean, that's like, that's Marvel Phase 4 that's in a nutshell, nutshell yeah, baby. Yeah, like, yeah, but like they're just using Spider-Man like so close because it had just come out like a month or two before the Batman. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of perfect comparison. Um that's my favorite thing about the movie, just how fucking good it is. It's looks. not yeah. how much they use Nirvana. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I like that too. <laughs> a thing that I also, not work. Yeah, I also fucking love Jeffrey does. Wright really so much. So I, 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 I think I it just it makes him. so many oh, he's good. Bold they make some good choices. choices. Yeah. Like I just made I just think it's like it's always like chasing what's cool. It's also like it's like the movie that you see like Batman being Batman for most of it. Mm. And I love like their interpretation of Bruce Wayne where he's just like when he's not wearing the bat suit, he is he's not like billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. He's like weak in a way. He's like nervous. He you kinda see, is, he's kinda like Mr. Robot. Like he's sort of like kinda, well, he's, he's like exposed. Yeah. He's you know? like mm-hmm. yeah, he's like skulking around with yeah. his hood up like <laughs> you yeah. know, until he's back in the bat suit. So And I think that's just like, you know, it, it's just like so many like things I, I and like I don't know, I just I never knew 
that's like the type of Batman movie I wanted. And I personally was like, you know, not getting sick of Batman. Like, if they make a Batman movie, I'm going to show up. But like, you know, the the Snyderverse, you know, tactician Batman who just like, you know, the thing about the Snyderverse villains is like they are Snyderverse heroes that they... <laughs> Right, uh, <laughs> is that they all have like there? There's like they have no like fucking flaws, and they're not, they're not interesting, mm. you know. And it's they just, do ride seahorses sometimes, though, and, and that's that a and lot that is fun. cool. Yes, and I is. do like, and I can't that. wait to see more of that. Yeah, well, we get yeah, we get one more shebang with them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just it just looks cool. It just like the whole movie just oozes cool. I've watched it like six times. Uh, I think it's the appropriate length. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, six yeah. times. Yeah. I gotta watch more. it again. Sometimes Claire and I would just bet you want to put it. It was Dune for a while. Yeah. Oh, like, how you do? So you just want to put Dune on the TV and just like rock with that. Five. And then for a few months it was like, yes, we're cooking, so we should put Batman on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> put Batman on the TV yeah, we'll and just be able like, to sit yeah. down and eat by this scene. Yeah. You know, <laughs> nice. it's like a nice like toasty fire. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I like how the Batman the film. Is like messy, but not in a like stylistic way. Mm-hmm. Like it actually just looks messy in that like the Wayne Manor. Like when you see them in yeah. Wayne Manor, they're like bills everywhere. Nothing yeah. pristine about you know, the movie. Like he's he's a little cray. Yeah, and like parts of the house are like sectioned off. Right. So that like mm-hmm. they aren't supposed to be in certain areas yeah. because it's they probably like haven't house. been maintained. Yeah. Exactly. It's like so much more realistic yeah. while also looking very much more like a comic book movie, which yes. is yeah. very cool. I feel like you have the Keaton Batman like inadvertently dealing with stuff like that where they're like he's like uh like the the bat the way manor looks pristine and it's good, but they're like eating food in one of them and he's like <laughs> I've never been in this room before. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like, it's a farce, right? Yeah. And in this Batman movie, it's like, they haven't developed the farce yet because Robin Pattinson's Bruce Wayne is just like, I don't fucking care about any of this shit. Right. I just want to be Batman all the time. I'm going to be down in the basement. Yeah. I'm going to be doing my weird shit. And then you have Albert being like, listen. Come back to being a human. You need to do both. And I I feel like (laughs) the future Batman movies are going to be like, you need to develop your Bruce Wayne mask so that you can better do things for Gotham. Right. Because you cannot sure. just save Gotham with your vengeance persona. You need both. And to be maybe Bruce Wayne, or at least to put on the Bruce Wayne mask, he needs to heal. And I would love to see a Batman movie that's about him trying to heal himself. And I think it'd be very therapeutic for everybody. And my main my last main takeaway of the movie is that it's one of the very few Batman movies that we actually see Batman helping people. That's true. And I think that is really fucking cool the end of that movie with him actually boots on the ground helping people and you know not just dealing with like you know being almost like kind of like being accountable for like the collateral damage he's culpable for and i think that's like i don't know like how many movies superhero movies we really see then deal with that yeah i don't know that's true usually you see the superheroes like well, I'm trying to have sex with that woman, so I'm going to save her. <laughs> and uh, and there you go. And then I'll stop the apocalypse. <laughs> and that's usually oh, what they're about. So, yeah, it was just cool to see, like, a more... Uh, and still, like, you know, the, the stakes of the movie are the city could get totally fucked. But it's it feels smaller in terms of like a superhero movie. It's not just like, let's get all the Batmans here and stop Doc Ock or whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I also loved, like, how real Paul Dano's Riddler was. And how like, topical. Yeah. And relevant. Yeah. yeah. Like, and just like, he's no, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm sorry, no, like, no magical mysticism, superpowers. Like, he's just like, 
yeah, that's a crazy person in their apartment doing this shit, you know, planning things out. When he goes, <laughs> hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that opening oh, night being like, fuck. that is one of the funniest things. <laughs> and you guys nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. The movie also, like, I feel like it's a funnier movie than it is. It is extremely funny. It's, it's so such funny. a funny yeah. movie. I, I watched like it twice in the past week as you to have. really Whoa. just, I wanted to, I was twice. like, because it wasn't cracking my list. And I was like, Six what hours. is going on here? I love this movie. Why does it keep getting pushed away by smaller things like Great Freedom and Marina that I really want to talk about? And I just like had to keep watching it. And just like on that second watch, I was like, okay, it's clicking. It's just a lot. And I'm kind of looking at it all as this one massive thing when I should really just kind of be paying attention to what it's trying to do at certain points. I don't know. It was hard to understand and realize. But I was like, okay, it's good. I always knew it was good, but I'm like, it's really, really well, good. Well, opening night, when I left that movie, I was just like, I don't know if I like this. Like, it's because sure. it is, like, what you say, it's like, it's so much. It's such, like, it's like, I haven't seen a movie of this size like this maybe ever. I don't know. Like, it's not like, yeah. movie, it's not like superhero movies I've seen or comic book movies I've seen in a long time. And it just kind of took, like, another watch, but also just kind of sitting on it and being like, yeah, well, I really like that part. And it's like, yeah, I like that that's different. And then the more you're, like, talking about it, you're like, Wait, 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 it was great. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was definitely an experience because I feel like that was one of the first movies too that that was that long in the theater yeah. of that of the past year, and we were all like, "Whoa!" When it finally finished, I think it was like Black Panther: Wakanda Forever feels longer and it's shorter. Yeah, so. true. Feels I way remember I had truth. to make that introduction every almost every screening that I could oh, like, to tell everybody to like it's people? supposed to look like dark. this like, yeah. it's very dark yeah, it's we dark. are operating our projector at exactly what the studio and the director yeah. requested we do that all the time anyway because we care about it but it was like people I was were, like sometimes yeah. you are not supposed to see things because I wouldn't do it for a couple screenings people will come out at certain points and I'm like I can't see anything like it's supposed to art it's art it's, it's, it's art it's, art. it's cinema yeah, this is how some movies look yeah yeah, and it's like, I can't see Catwoman's butt. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe Zoe Kravitz isn't why you're looking at her butt in that scene. They're not, trying to, they're not trying to show you her butt at this time. Her nails yeah. are on fleek. It's artistic. <laughs> he's like, wait, you're telling me that sometimes I don't have to look at the butt? So it's like, not all the time you have to look not at the, the butt. Time. You don't always have to look at the butt. But you, you want to talk about a movie about butts? I do actually want to talk about a movie about butts. Thank you very much. Um, oh, terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Targable. Targable. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're watching. We're, uh, we're going to talk our last movie. Uh, we're going to talk about um, Tar, which I think is how it's pronounced. Because uh, it's in all caps. Uh, there's no exclamation like, point. Tar. Tar. No, it's yeah, because no, it's like it's it's not tar. It's like tar. 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 Yeah, that sounds um, right. It's intense. It's an intense movie. Uh, Todd Field's first fucking movie in 16-ish years. Uh, he's been working on it for a bit. Uh, I love his movie In the Bedroom. Um, oh. A little yeah, man. You're um, always talking about that. Yeah. It's funny that like In the Bedroom kind of came back up because there was also. that whole Tom Cruise, Todd Field uh, story that just like broke about like Harvey Weinstein and stuff and Tom Cruise telling Todd Field like how to deal with Harvey Weinstein so that he wouldn't cut in the bedroom to pieces and like destroy the movie like outside of um, like uh, uh, festivals and stuff like that and it worked because Tom Cruise likes movies nice. um, Tar uh, Kate Blanchett big movie everybody's yeah. been talking about it for a very long time Kate Blanchett is pretty much 
the front runner to win with Michelle Yeoh just right there behind her nipping. We'll see. Yeah. Especially, I think it was at I think it was at the SAG Awards. Kate Blanchett more or less pretty much said like I don't care about this. Um, so maybe just give it to. Her, just give it to someone else. Right. She should not say that. She's, she's an, an asshole. Like, you know, like she's yeah. like a like she's like a she's little, a little bit of a Lydia Tar. She's a little bit, yeah. Like Kate Blanchett's uh, but yet she a, a prickly one. Totally Lydia Tar in all of us. Yeah, but she totally <laughs> dissolves into this character, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. We put this one off for a bit, Ooh. me and Dee, because. Intensity. It was very long. We were waiting long. for the price to get just right on like renting it and stuff like it that. And disturbing. finally, we just like went for it and watched it. it. And it is a very good movie. It is very well made. Kate Blanchett is fantastic in it. Everybody in this movie is fantastic. I had no idea that Portrait of a Lady on Fire was in this. Oh, yeah. that's what and I was. I was just shows, trying to look oh, up that yeah, actress's yeah, yeah. name. She shows up randomly at the beginning. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. She'll probably just be around for a little bit. Like, no, she's like Noemi, the second or third lead of yeah, the movie. Yeah, Noemi Merlant. Mm-hmm. And and then Nina Haas is yep. also killing it. Yep. Yeah, and uh, her, she's got um, also got that new movie coming out this year, right? About uh, uh, it's her, a horror movie. The horror movie about her like having a baby. Naomi Merlant. Yeah, yeah. it looks good. A horror film, a horror yeah, it film looks where good. she like has a baby and is like kind of like. Uh, oh, is it the new Rosemary's Baby it's thing? It's kind of like that. It's more like kind of what's the what's the term like post. Pardon. Pardon. It's called Depression. Baby Ruby. Baby, baby Ruby. Ruby. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I've been hearing about this. Trailer looks really good. Trailer uh, looks good. Dope. But a horror movie, much in the same way that Tar is a bit of a horror movie. Um, it's kind of like a really fun, like, genre mashup of a lot of things. Todd Field, like, moves in and out of, like, all these different aspects of what uh, Lydia Tar's character would be going through, who she is, what they represent in not only the movie and in their own story, but in the world right now. Yeah. What a person like Lydia Tar represents and stands for and how powerful they can be and how dangerous they can be if not kept uh, checked, but also the house of cards of it all. The fact that like things can fall apart at the snap of a finger and sometimes it doesn't even matter how good of a person or bad of a person you are. And if you happen to be a bad person, uh, they're going to fall pretty goddamn fucking hard and you're going to find that not a whole lot of people are there to really want to help you out. And she wears a New York Rangers baseball cap, which I think is very funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one does that. <laughs> I really liked the first hour of mm-hmm. this film. Getting into this world, figuring out what her life looks like day to day. Yeah. But once I found out where the movie was kind of like heading towards and going, I became a little less interested. Mm. But I liked the world immersion that it gave because I thought that was done very. In that well. first twenty minutes, you're like, "When the fuck is this? Is this the movie? Which is I love that. Movie? And that yeah. is, and it's oh, cool. It's like a that pretentious interview. Oh, oh it's yeah, it's, a, it's like a magic trick. And so it's like good. I didn't know much about the movie, and like you know, I feel like where the movie ends up is the spoiler, where it's like it's a movie that is about this. this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, and but I did love that, and I think it's. It's so effective because they choose someone to be like, this movie is about this, and this is the avatar that we are choosing to do that. And it, I think that is brilliant. Yeah, I just think I just think it just can onboard people onto, like, how they can understand. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's like, yes, it's like a house of cards, but it's, cause it's just teaching people how the house is built. You yes. know? And it's well, like, so it's, oh, and it's like, it's like, and the thing is, like, you don't realize that until you kind of get to a point where you're like, is she, like, one of those 
people. Yeah. And then, well, and, so then, and then at that point, it's like now it crashes. It all yeah. clicks in yeah. together. You're like, well, they're pretentious. They're egotistical. They're full of themselves. They think everyone else is fucking stupid. Yeah. I like, don't well, agree but, with I, but the thing is, like, but you like Billy. I like watching her. And then her. even when you do agree with them, she's like, well, actually, that's not what I mean by that. And maybe you don't, like, you're just like, you're interested in this per, in this character, but you also kind of don't like them. Yeah. But not enough to the point where you don't care about what's happening to them. And then as the story goes on, it's like, well, now we've got you caring, but you also know that you kind of don't like this person. So there's a, a, a bit of pleasure that you get out of well, that's the seeing their world fall apart. Yeah, I think that I think it like it builds some empathy when you see her interacting with her daughter and like standing up to her bully and things like that. So you know, that like, fucking like, line. Oh man. I'm her father. You're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Shit. You know, and and the fact that like Robbie's saying like putting like the avatar of uh Lydia Tar, a woman in this position where it's like the metaphor of all of these people that are top of their field, whether it's like tech, acting, yeah. music, whatever, mm -hmm. that there is a certain degree of looking the other way that somebody might be grooming somebody under them, might be taking advantage of certain perks that everyone should get, but not everyone does because that person's so like elevated in their field that they kind of are just like, well, the esteem, you just sort of like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it plays on expectations and like yeah. maybe some of our own mind, like inherent sexism of just like, I wouldn't expect a person like this to do yeah. that. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't expect but a woman to be like this. It happens, but it, with, it happens. It happens with men yeah. all it the does, time. It happens with men all the time. The thing is, it's like anyone can do this. Yeah. Right. All they need is power. Yeah, exactly. Someone in a position yeah. of power can do this. And it just so happens, uh, another thing that sucks is men are more likely to be in a position of power because the way sure. the culture is structured. Yeah. yeah. But it also makes sense why, like, you know, someone like her could kind of get away with it for as long as she did. Yes. Exactly. Because, yeah. like, it's not on the radar, you know? Mm hmm. Not on the radar, nor does anyone want to tear her down. Cause sure, it yeah. Takes away the path for other people, exactly. right? To possibly yeah, climb like the, that tower. Very good point. Knowing, yeah. knowing me, Merlot, like putting up with so much shit the whole movie because she thinks she's going to be made assistant conductor when that other guy gets yeah. There's replaced, a there's and a then she chops the him out, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and then it, then she's like, "No, and I quit." Look on her face. her performance in this too is like, I mean, it's just so hard when you're in a movie when Kate Blanchett, especially when she's doing something like this, that's being like lauded so highly and freely throughout the whole yeah. year. Even the award season, it was kind of everybody already knew, like, it's pretty much lock uh, for Kate Blanchett. And again, Michelle Yao coming up was like, yeah, anything that's genre uh, separated, that's going to be fine. But like when it comes down to like single category stuff, we'll see how it turns out at the Oscars. But it's really hard to really kind of focus in on how amazing everybody else is in this movie too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it sells the world because of how. Yeah, like, gra I mean, like, you for when you watch this movie, you forget the it's movie like revolves around her. Yeah, and, and, I, and like there, and like her. I don't know, like it's Kate Blanchett, like so much becomes Lydia Tarr. Like yeah. there are times where I'm like, I I am forgetting that Lydia Tarr is not a real person. Right, and I know who Kate Blanchett is. I've seen her in many movies. Yeah, and she's like totally dissolving into this into this role. Where it's like you know. Um, like a movie like uh, like the whale, like I think the whale is really cool, but I can never quite like the dissolved the, the dissolving into that role never quite happened for me. Sure, mm. and I think because there's a lot of, like backloaded into like that performance where it's like he's back. Yeah. So like there's a lot. It's going kind on of there. hard to remove yeah. yourself. And I'm not physically going exactly. on. And I'm it. not trying to like pick on the whale in that way because I think his performance is incredible in that. Yeah. Way. I think that, that is like the point of the movie is how good he is in it. But like something like. Like Tar, and even like you know, and everything, everywhere, all at once. Like I think Michelle Yeoh has the challenge of just like, you need to be like, 
grounded in all this like whirlwind of craziness. Right. So it's like that's very that's a big ask for an actress, and she is nailing it. But you know, Tar. There's, there's a magic trick in Tar that I think is even more impressive. But I don't know. I'll, I go. I'll go back and forth with this until. Someone gives someone a big golden statue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always think it's cool to ask Heath, who is in the music world, to be like, how yeah. convincing is this yeah. as a conductor? Like, mm-hmm. do you buy this? And he was like, yeah, for the most part, I do buy this. She does seem to have the understanding of, like, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He Very was like, cool. no one would really hold a master class like that, but sure, right, that's yeah. part of the plot. That's yeah. part, part of, like, <laughs> an ego, yeah. an ego maniac might do that, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I also, like, I heard that, like, a lot of the reason that it took uh, Tuffield so long to make this was because he spent a long time, he knew he wanted it to be a conductor, and he knew nothing about classical music, really, so he spent a long time studying it, which is why I think that opening pretension interview... That um, fight with the student and like that knockdown belittlement and then into the conversations that she has with her old uh, mentor, the things that they're saying are just like so you understand what it is because the performances are so good and you understand that this is the type of job that they're talking about. But like he really cracks into like this is how these people talk to right. each other. Right, you're yeah. laying the groundwork and for it's just, the and, context. And it's of like this movie. thing of like this person who is very maybe very hard to understand and to tap into, who's extremely closed off. And the closer we get to her, the more we're kind of like, "Ooh, I don't like you. Yeah, you are not good." And by the time she's, it's it, like she's a person too, and the movie is asking that of you. Like, this is a person. Her name used to be this. She used to want this. She worked really hard for this. But now it's this. And you're just kind of like, fuck. I mean, that sucks. But also like, you fucked up. I do think the end of that movie is like such a dick. (laughs) I'm like, like, come on, guys. It's not that bad. It's great. It's great. I think the like the game awards happened like a week after I saw it, and I was just like, and like they have live musical performance at the game awards, and I was just like, oh my fucking god, no! And she puts the headphones on, and you're like, what is it? This good? It's great. Yeah, I've uh, been to video games live. I've seen. I will see if there was a live performance of like Zelda or Final Fantasy. I will, it's dope. I'll go. I think yeah. it'll be very cool. Yeah, but just the way the movie frames yeah. it is just like, oh my god, this is just so <laughs> how the mighty have so, fallen. I'm so yeah. annoyed about it. <laughs> Yeah, well, Harvey Weinstein's still in prison, so that's good. But yeah, that's all I got on Tar. It definitely gave me vibes of The Assistant in that way. Yeah. yeah. In relation Mm -hmm. to to Weinstein. I also think that there's a more, you know, and I don't know how fully baked this thought is in my head, but I'm just going to pop it out there and say it. Like, I think that there is more of an inviting interest when this type of character that does these type of things that is so popular, that is so just like kind of, we're talking about it, it's in the conversation right now. Making that a woman, I think, just kind of invites more um, investigation. Like, what is this? Why would you do something like this? Whereas like when you watch something like The Assistant or something like She Said, and it's like literally Harvey Weinstein or a Harvey Weinstein stand-in, People are kind of like pushing it away. Like I've heard a lot of people, which she said, they're like, it's really hard to watch that movie because I just fucking went through it. Ah, you know, like, yeah. and I'm just kind of burnt out yeah. on it. Whereas somebody, it's like, it's a conductor. And it's a lady. It's like, a what? gay lady. And you're like, <laughs> interesting. I'm okay. her father. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. No, but, yeah, I mean, it's also, but it's in complex. like the, yeah. the context of like the interactions between her and her assistant, Francesca. That's yeah. what I mean. Because like with the assistant, you never even see the 
the person that's the Harvey Weinstein stand-in. Right. He's right. never, like, his face is never shown. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, like, muffled over the intercom or phone calls, stuff like that. But yeah. it is, like, all of her, like, humoring this person that is not great because she wants to get a better job. So in, in that way, I was sort of like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. When it comes down to Tar, I think my disconnect from the film was when they started having this, like, weird psychological thing also oh, kind yeah. of happening at the same like time. Like her dreams mm-hmm. and things. I was much more into, like, this one thing it was trying to do. The groundedness of it. Yeah. yeah. And then like when it started... hearing weird sounds. Yeah, going to the other thing. I was like, that's also kind of cool, but I don't think we have enough time to, like, get into, like, well, how cool that is. That's why it's three hours. Yeah, because they're like, and, we are also going to do this. Yeah, totally. And I think it would be better without that. Because yeah. I think it's a better, and more interesting conversation. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah, it yeah. is it is an odd like that's an odd part of it too where they're just like I feel like what they're doing with that is trying to kind of this thing that she's her creativity and how she finds um it's like rejecting her it, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. and, it's and, like her and it's not yeah. it's it's <laughs> kind of like her her paranoia is starting to bleed into that where it's like it doesn't have the same purity that it used to have anymore mm-hmm. because she knows what she's done is wrong and that she's done Mm -hmm. something that she can't take back. Right. And now it's all like, no matter what she tries to do, either run away from it or hide it, it's going to find her no matter where she goes or what dumb game awards show she plays. Like it's (laughs) going. Uh, it's Monster Hunter too. I think she's. It is Monster Hunter. Hunter. It's so fucking. In the beginning, because they have <laughs> the so credits funny. up front, it does say like yes, it you does. can see. Yeah. It says like copyright Monster Hunter. I was like, it's like Capcom or something. You're huh, like, yeah, I'm like, okay. what's that? And then like it's the last thing, and I'm like, oh, I forgot all about. I saw that Capcom Monster Hunter. Surprised they gave her the they gave him the right gave her. I, again, I think gave she's going to talk. Well, they <laughs> probably gave them a lot of money. They had. They're like, uh, we're gonna fucking drag you guys. Oh. Like, okay. Um, sure. But yeah, that's Tar, and that's great movie. Yeah, our favorite, some of our favorite movies of 2022. Yeah, yeah you got to read list, our list for the rest. Our full lists are going to be coming out shortly after the posting of this episode. Uh, so keep an eye out for those. They're at StoryScreenBeacon.com, and you can follow us on social media: Instagram uh, at Story underscore Screen underscore Beacon, and on Twitter at Story underscore Screen. We also have a Facebook, uh, which is. A fun place to go if you want to find it. Um, <laughs> and a YouTube and, channel. Yeah, and a YouTube channel as well. We're on their story screen. Uh, yeah, and Mike will be putting together a video, and Robbie will be putting together a video. together the video, yeah. Yep. It's happening. Um, yep, yep, yep. And if you go to storyscreenbeacon.com, you can find not only those articles that are coming up, but a slew of other articles and podcasts that, we, that we've done. Burn and Robbie did the Banshees of Inishirin episode that we mentioned in this thing. Very, very good as well. You just saw Megan. We just saw Megan. We met. We met we Megan. Met Megan. 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 At the theater. So good. <laughs> met Regan. Um, and uh, she was uh, a, a joy to be with. Um, a very, very charming young Megan. woman um, with a bright future. Very bright future. Very yeah. bright. Had, future. had a wonderful time with Megan. Um, so we got our episode on that. Uh, we also have the Shrek episode uh we talk about our first initial reaction to puss in boots on the on the, the last story screen reports, reports yep. the monthly series where robbie hosts uh with a guest talking about a bunch of fun stuff uh from the past month big news stories that we want to talk about and then sometimes we talk about um puss animated cat children's films <laughs> so, so you know end of the year it's slow news month. yeah uh, but also on storyscreenbeacon.com if you go all the way down to the bottom you can sign up for our newsletter Just give us your email we will send you all the goodies all the cool stuff that we've got going on not only online but in real life at Story Screen Beacon Theater in Beacon, New York where we are doing a bunch of really fun stuff 
Uh, if you live in the area, we are going to show The Thing for the next pasta night next week on uh, January 31st. That is going to be a blast. I'm hoping to do ravioli. We'll see. Yeah. I know, right? Pretty exciting, right? We'll see. Every time, every time I go outside the box, though, it becomes a nightmare. So yeah. we'll see how I'm feeling. It's there. a thing within a thing. Yes, it's a thing within a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to pull out my, because remember, we, we played the thing at the drive-in the first year. Yeah, that was cool. And I got to pull out my favorite joke, which is the, the sweet, the opening sweet. I do that, uh, that thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> playing in that and that always gets a good chuckle <laughs> good laughing nice uh, but thank you guys so much for hanging out and talking uh, talking tar uh, talking ah. aftar sun talking tar rr tar talking the bat tar bat tar tar batman tar batman the tarman mm-hmm. 3000 years of tarring tar the last wish <laughs> mm-hmm. tar barian yeah yeah that's my book the best okay and with that We're done. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.